Hello and welcome back. We're the Horror Movie Crew. I'm Josh. Hello, y'all, Seth. It's Jess. Whoa, Seth is like <laughs> ready to go. Yeah. He's like, can we get this fucking show on the road? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to start an hour ago. Yep. Were we really? What time is it? It's two. Mm. After two. Sorry, it's probably my fault. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <sighs> Whatever. Episode 19, we're talking about Rob Zombie's Halloween. Are you guys as excited as I am? I am excited to talk about this, actually. Very. He doesn't look excited, does he? <laughs> you came the... very falled out. I like this look. Thanks. Like the beanie and the vest with the long sleeve shirt. It is fall. It's a good look. I like it. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what this guy's got going on. What are you doing? Seth's like just left the gym. I have shorts and a t-shirt on. Okay. Did, did you do some crunches on the way in? No. I've done nothing today but watch this movie. Are you going to do burpees midway through the episode? I might. Ooh. Might be an exertion fart. (laughs) God, I sure fucking hope not, dude. Right at you. So you you guys are both hung over today, correct? I'm not. No, I am. (laughs) I was a little yesterday, but. Huh. Yeah. I'm not. I feel great. That's good. I just paint and do shit around the house. Well, you are a seasoned drinker. That's true. You don't have hangovers very often, do you? Uh, only if I go real hard. Yeah. I mean, I got to go hard. Yeah. Duh. Well. Like pass out on a picnic table face <laughs> down kind of hard? Say. That next morning was <laughs> awful. But yes, I've done that. Yeah. There's no shame in my game. <laughs> <sighs> Whatever. Jess, yes. what have you, you been up to? Oh, you know. Work. <laughs> and um, still watching Weeds. I'm like almost through it. On like the fifth season. Mm-hmm. Not much else. Mm, that's pretty boring. <sighs> Thanks. You started a dart. You're in a dart league now, is what I hear. I'm not in a dart league. <laughs> yeah, you are. You told me. <laughs> I went to play darts, not uh, in a league. I don't know, Seth. When she came in, did it not sound like she was like touting stats and like? It sounded about- very leaguey to me. <laughs> Shut up. The, ling- the lingo was like, I didn't even understand half of it. Yeah, I was like, Seth and I looked at each other. We were like, what the fuck is she talking? Who is this? I literally said, I played darts and I drank a lot. Uh, that's not how I remember it. <laughs> Y'all are fucked up. It's a lot of technical terms she was throwing out You were there. talking about stances and like yeah. how you had to hold your body and... Yeah. <laughs> I, I did. You're right. You're right. I like it when you agree with me. Hey, Seth, what have you been up to, man? I got a new car. Ooh, it's what is exciting. it? exciting. A 2020 Edge. Wow. Is it nice? It's very nice. Technology is nuts. That's in there now. It's what? Nuts. The technology. Oh. He's got the blacked out rims. What? Yeah. Do you really? Mm-hmm. It's a fucking thug. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Dude, they're going to see you rolling through town and worry. They think you're a drug dealer or something. Maybe. We'll see if you get pulled over more often now. But yeah, like practically drives itself. Seriously? Takes the turns like on the highway on its own. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I'd like that. It's weird. It like takes control of the car? Yeah, it's that lane keeping thing. So like Uh, if you let go, it'll like keep driving. Which is good since he drives drunk all the time. Right. (laughs) Drove drunk here. (laughs) I might be. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I was. I'd feel better. Well, down some of that wine, dude. You'll feel fine. I'll drink some. Here. What did you guys think of the room upstairs? Did you guys see it? Oh, it looks great. It looks really good. Yeah. White as fuck, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Looks good, though. I was worried. I was like, we're doing white on white on white. But they're different textures. Yeah. yeah that's true. So, Looks all Different right. coverings. The white uh, washed brick looks really... Abby did all that. It I looks good. I can't mm-hmm. take any credit. Yeah. I told her it's so bright up there, we could do surgeries. 
You could. I know. Cut Seth open. You'll get some stuff hung up and it won't no. be like that anymore. Furniture no. and it'll. I want it to look more <laughs> no. I want people to come in like they've never been here before and they'll be like, oh, is this like a morgue? And we'll be like, yeah, well, actually, this is a partial funeral. You should just home. like have one gurney in the middle of the room and nothing else. At least for the <laughs> Halloween party. That'd yeah. be funny. I was going to say you should put like a casket up there. Ooh. Mm. Just keep a casket there all the time. Aren't those expensive? I mean, we could make a maybe. fake one. Why don't we just dig one up? Mm, what do we do with the body okay. then? Leave it, <laughs> leave it, leave it on until we open the caskets. Leave it, you know? You know one of the kids is going to open it. Find an old one. That way it's all bones and it's not somebody that's just still decomposing. Mm, we don't want them to <laughs> like stink. Like just a few weeks ago. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> gross. That'd be disgusting. I think we should do it though. You guys got your Halloween costumes picked out yet? Mm-mm. Nope. No and no. I might just default to my one I had last year. Oh my gosh, you should. <laughs> what was it? It's a cassette tape. Mm, sounds kind of boring, Seth. It's easy. I don't have to buy anything. Hmm. You know what we should have done? Hmm. We should have put a poll up on Instagram and let people pick what we were going to be. I had mentioned that. and Yeah, you did. Oh, I you did. thought you guys were like, that's a stupid fucking idea. Did I? I would never say that about you. You know, I would say sure. it. <laughs> he would wait till you left, and then he'd be like, "Did did you hear what that stupid bitch suggested?" Yeah, he would. And I'd be like, "Seth, it's 2020. You can't call people that it's anymore." 2020. Totally something I would. Do. He dropped an <laughs> f bomb on the last episode, and now he's over here calling females the b word. <sighs> what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Seth, you reading anything new other than whatever the tales from the crypt, whatever you were doing? No, but I did start watching Books of Blood on Hulu. Did you see that on there? Uh-uh. It's like different short stories. I've never even heard of it. It's Books of Blood. Yeah, mm. it's good. It's kind of weird the ones I've seen so far. So it's on Hulu. Yeah, I think it's their own movie. Nobody started Bly Manor yet. <laughs> no. I want to watch it. I might do that tonight, actually. Yeah, Hulu's actually got a bunch of stuff. It's called Huluween. Ooh. There's like a whole section of Halloween. Didn't Blumhouse just release three new movies on there for that? I think. I'm not sure. I don't Maybe? have Hulu. Oh, uh, well. Hmm. I had it at one point, and like, I didn't think there was a lot of good stuff on there, so maybe I should get it back. It's not. I like it for TV shows, mostly, because it's got all the shows on there. It's not that great. Like my yeah. Golden Girls. <laughs> Main reason I have it. Honestly, just ask Abby for the login. You can have ours, because we don't ever oh. use it. Sweet. There you go. You're in there. Got the hook up. You're in there. We watched Hubie, Hubie Halloween. Tried to. Like I said, we started it. Got like an hour in. So it's a comedy Halloween movie? Yeah, it's pretty funny, but it was like late Friday and I'm old as fuck. And I drank like three beers and I was like, yep, time for bed. Mm-hmm. So we watched like an hour of it, paused it, and there was still 45 minutes left. And I was like, I can't do. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. <laughs> Maybe you should. Maybe I will. Maybe you should. It's like Waterboy meets Little Nicky. So hmm. we you gotta all, be in the mood. We can all watch it and like FaceTime each other while we're watching it. Just like we're all looking Ooh. at each other. Or- <laughs> Can we do the, does Netflix have where you can do the group watch or is that just Prime and Voodoo where you can do that? I don't know. I didn't know you could do that at all. I didn't either. Yeah, Disney Plus you can do it too. I don't know if you'd be on the same account or what, but you can Hmm. do like group watch where like people from different, like if I was traveling and we were going to watch Hocus Pocus or something, we could all log in and watch it at the same time. Wow. Interesting. Very fun. It's like Stitcher. Somebody told me we should start a Stitcher and record ourselves doing this live and put it on there. Hmm. The only one of us that looks presentable right now is you, Jess. So I thought Stitcher yeah, was I like for video games. Yeah, but I think people have like channels in there for other stuff, like oh. podcasts and hmm. people play board games and do that. I guess. They so like, it's essentially the same thing as like Twitch. 
That's what I was thinking of was Twitch. Oh, shit. That's what I was thinking of. I said it wrong. It is Twitch. Oh, okay. okay. Yes, so I thought Twitch. that was just because we've used it for... We are on Stitcher, just so everybody okay. knows. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is actually drunk, so... I'm, I have not eaten anything at all today. It's what time is it? It's 2.10, and I have not eaten anything, and I'm on my first beer already, so... Yeah, but you ate a Crave case last night, so you're good. Dude, honestly, <laughs> I could go for a Crave case. God, what, are there 30 of them in there? I don't know, but they're fucking... Those things are so good. I love those things. Delicious. Jess, did I ask you what you were watching? Uh, Yes. Oh, well. I said I'm still stuck on weeds, and then you told me I was fucking boring, so... Yeah, you moved right Thanks along Thanks for bringing that, that back up. Mm-hmm. I, I forgive you for being rude to me. <laughs> okay. All right, Shao, we're going to quit, because like uh, we... we talked about before we got on here uh this is gonna probably run long and you guys know i'm gonna go off on tangents and we'll try to keep them in have line. massive woodies under the table i have a timer set so yeah once i it's... thought you were gonna say you had a massive woody under the table yeah i do that would be weird or would it? I don't know. Anyway, shout outs real quick. So podcasts on Elm Streets, those idiots up in Canada, they are doing their Spooktober specials right now. They just released their first one. They went over Maniac, the old one, and the new one uh, with Anthony from Porcelain Peak. I am going to be on there the last week of October talking about this fucking movie right here. Yeah, oh, apparently damn. they didn't want Jess and I, so whatever. It's okay. No, they it's actually okay. asked if Jess, they specifically didn't want you. Uh-huh. It was something about Brooke feels a lot of sexual tension <laughs> When you guys talk, hey, that goes both ways. And he get, <laughs> <laughs> and he gets flustered and can't come up with um, intelligent things to say. He always FaceTimes me with his shirt off, so, so it's well, his fault. What did they say last time? Tits out or tits up or? Uh, probably something along those lines. Tits out. I remember with something. Canadian perverts. Those guys are. <laughs> And then uh, another podcast that we talk with all the time is Chuck Goes to the Movies, and he just released a horror movie episode, actually. They did Invisible Man, and he was on there with Anthony from Porcelain Peaks. I don't know what Anthony from Porcelain Peaks doing to get on all these other podcasts, but he's all over the place. We're going to be on their podcast doing uh, trivia. Did I tell you guys that? No. I oh, saw shit. the message but come by. How exciting. Yeah, yeah so we're going to do a trivia portion with them. I don't know how long that'll be. And then uh, somebody else asked us to record something and send it to them, but I forget what it is right now. But we're supposed I think to I do... might have saw that like in the messages. I, think I saw we... something about it. I think I told them we'd do it today and send it to them, so don't let me forget. Okay. I think we just have to say Happy Halloween or something. Okay. Sweet. So get, hit me with your best Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Ooh. <laughs> Made me shiver Give a little me goosebumps. Bit. Totally on the fly there. Made my pee-pee feel funny. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, truth no dare, here we go. Seth, what's the most embarrassing thing your parents have ever caught you doing? Uh, my mom caught me jerking off once. It's mm. fucking mortifying. Oh, what? no. Was it like out? Yeah. Oh, Are you, you weren't like under the covers? No. Oh, shit. I mean, this was years and years and years ago, but... Were you, like, about to finish? <laughs> no, I wasn't that far into it yet. And she literally, like, laughed and then left the room. She laughed. <laughs> yeah. Did she laugh at the act or the laugh at what she saw? Probably the whole situation, I'd imagine. And then uh, you finished. And then I finished anyway. Oh, you did? You're like, not letting this kill my vibe. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Huh. Jess, what about you? Uh, watching porn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, yeah. That was it? On the big screen. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. It was like just you? thought I was safe. 
Was it weird porn or was it like normal standard? No, it was like it was normal standard porn. But you know, I was fucking like so embarrassed. And how old were you? Twenty-five. Fifteen. Fifteen. Oh yeah. Was it? Was it? Uh, Babs does Columbus or which? Isn't that her? Isn't no. that her Instagram name? Babs. But I fucking like paid for it like with my mom's card. You paid for porn? Yeah. Well, I mean, then, like... Amateur. Does she just sit down and watch it with you, or what'd she do? No. She probably watched it later. (laughs) Oh. No, she was like, oh, my God. Like, watched it, and I had all the lights off. (laughs) You're moodly. You're setting the mood. I was. Wow. She fucked it all up, man. That's hilarious. It's fine. You? Oh, I'm not answering the question. I just want to see if you guys... You gotta answer it. Um... (laughs) Huh, let's see. I imagine with you, it's a long list. I, there's a, quite a few. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out which one I want to share. Um, I have a similar porn um, one. It was in my room. I was watching. It was actually girl on girl porn though. And mom walked in, was like talking to me, and I was like, uh, like trying to get it off, and I couldn't get the thing off the thing. And she was like, Joshua, what are you watching? You know, my mom talks, right? <laughs> Turn this off. Oh, my God. We're taking the computer out of your room. <laughs> I can totally see her yeah. saying that. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that's probably the best one. Really not that embarrassing, though, because now we were... Oh, this is terrible. So we were hanging out at my sister's house, and she's got a big <laughs> screen. She's got a... Were you there for this? Yeah. Oh, I heard about this. And she's got... It has, like, a TV mounted out on their deck, and um, I was drinking, of course. Mm-hmm. And I turned on um, this porn out there. My grandma was out there, and I left. With the remote. With the remote. So like, they're all just sitting out there, like, talking, and there's, like, porn on the Oh, TV. my God. <laughs> Did they finally notice, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was on for a while, too. Yeah. Thanks for making me yell to me. <laughs> um, okay. What's the weirdest thing you do when you're alone? Jess? Um, probably... Okay, so... <laughs> the other day, I organized my closet and I organized all of my shirts like by color. Ooh! And I was thinking to myself as I was doing it, this is the weirdest, most loser thing to do. You did it by color or by like style? Um, both. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> I did like short sleeve shirts mm-hmm. by color, Ooh. and then like long sleeve shirts by color, and then I had like dresses and Damn. jackets. Yeah. Wow. I might be slightly OCD. If I did that, it would just be shades of gray. <laughs> That's all well, I have. Or gray clothes. Like your soul. Mostly black. Like my soul. Oh, mm-hmm. like your soul. Black and gray, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Seth? Apparently, I examine my own asshole in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> that was just an educated guess, okay? <laughs> That was so funny. Uh. <laughs> so to let everybody in on the, the joke here, uh, I gave these guys, usually I send the outline out before but they get here, but I was not able to do that. So I gave them the outline here, and as Jessica was reading through this, or Seth was reading through it, he said he didn't know what to put for this, and then Jessica called him out for looking at his own butthole. So we're just going to leave it at that. I can't believe, do you really do that? No. <laughs> Do you straddle the mirror or do you lay down on the bed with your legs in the air and like try to position the mirror I down there? I would think there? straddling the mirror would be easier. Maybe. I don't know. Neither sound very comfortable no. to me. Maybe I have a mirror on my ceiling and all I have to do is flip my legs up over my head. He lays out the body mirror, like the body length, full body length mirror on the bed yeah, and then like stands up on the bed. <laughs> what was that look? That was a weird look. 
It's like a peacock. That's what he does. Interesting. Like a peacock. Uh, so Seth examines his butthole. The weirdest thing I do when I'm alone. Um, I don't actually have it. I'm rarely alone, so I don't know. But I th- would think... Um, that race car go by uh, okay so one thing i do alone that i probably wouldn't want people to see me doing is i like get real into music when i have music going real loud so like if somebody were to like walk in and see me singing it'd be very embarrassing that's i think that's funny. for most people though but I'm, I'm like into it like sometimes i cry you got like a hairbrush out and you're like singing yeah. into it and shit no i'm like garth brooks with the f- microphone thing here you know God. you ever seen garth live how he's got like the mm-hmm. microphone that hangs out and it, like wobbles all around when he's singing that's me Garth here, here to steal the show. Anyway. I dance sometimes at home alone, but I would never do it in public. Um, You do it around us. I've got a couple videos, well, actually. That's yeah. true. We should post that video <laughs> now. The shoulder shrug video. I'm like so uncoordinated. It just looks awkward. I went back and listened to that Mandy recording that we tried to do after we all got hammered. Oh my God. Seth is so incoherent. That needs to be in the lost files. I want to hear it. So funny. He's like, <laughs> I just remember we couldn't stop laughing. You laughed like ten minutes straight. <laughs> I remember that. God, I'm like Seth, pull it together. What a stupid movie, anyway. Dude, I already know what this answer is going to be. With Seth, of the people in this room, who do you disagree with the most frequently? Josh. Probably Josh. Really? Yeah, probably you. Yeah, definitely Seth. <laughs> <laughs> that's an easy, that's a given. Why do you guys disagree with me so much? We really do not have time to go into that. You have your strong opinions. Yeah, I do. I know. It's fine. Strong is putting it lightly. All right, Jess. What are three adjectives that best describe your penis or vagina? Whichever um, you prefer to talk about. We'll do vagina. Um, <laughs> warm. Ooh. <laughs> Um, clean. Uh huh. Healthy. healthy. Warm, clean, and healthy. <laughs> warm. Okay, Seth. So if I were just like, hey, Seth, I'm going to give you three adjectives. What does this make you think of? And I said, warm, clean, and healthy. What would you think of? Not a vagina. <laughs> I pride myself on my healthy uh, vagina. That's, I mean, you know, everybody's got their thing. <laughs> <laughs> You want to know on the spot. That's what I got. It was good. I mean, it's... it's what else do you want me to say? Warm and clean. <laughs> Seth, go. Uh, magical. Ooh. Pretty. And girthy. Girthy? <laughs> <laughs> I have been told that before. I have to put one honest one in there. Who? T- <laughs> hey, mine were honest. Fucker. <laughs> clean my ass. <laughs> Shut Nothing it. clean about those dirty things. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Fuck off, Seth. <laughs> Who said it was girthy? People. Your mom. <laughs> My mom? Actually, your mom did. Or did your mom say it when she caught you jerking on it? She did, too. Oh, uh, she's like, wow, that's, that's, what I meant, that's girthy. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, three adjectives to best describe my penis or vagina. Um, hmm. I'm going to go with um, polite. It's very polite. It's a polite penis. And, um, hmm. Bent. Bent. Small. Curves to the left. And, um, 
a U shape. I'm gonna go with veiny. Is that like a thing? Do people get it? <laughs> yeah, some penises are veinier than others. Jessica is about puked. <laughs> you don't like a veiny penis? Like a veiny anything. <laughs> One big vein going down the shaft, sticking out. Uh, <laughs> Shit, dude. Polite and veiny. Uh, <laughs> if it's that veiny, it's gotta be polite. Uh, my dick is not, uh, you know, it's not like a bodybuilder. It just has a good personality. So no, no girth to it then. Um, that's the girthiest one here. You know, since we're being honest, I've never had somebody tell me it was girthy. So, but like a little mushroom cap coming out of the bushes. <laughs> 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 uh, oh God! Yep, that's exactly what it is. You guys ready to hop into the do you like yeah. scary movies <laughs> discussion? Interesting question. Huh. Holy cow! I'm over here crying. <clears throat> oh shit! All right. Episode 19. This is episode 19, right? I honestly didn't even look. Yeah. Are you sure? Like, yeah. how sure are you? Would you bet your girthy penis on it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 19. Mm, I don't think you're right. I think it is. Yeah, I think he's right. I just like to argue with him because I don't get along with him. Yeah, you guys never agree on anything. At all? Mm. <laughs> Seth and I are pretty off. It's amazing that we're such good friends. Episode. That's, That's true. true. Episode 19, Rob Zombie's Halloween from 2007. Why do we pick this movie? Because it's fucking awesome. That's why. I can't wait to hear what Seth thinks of it. Because you've never seen it. Speaking of, Mm-mm. this was your first watch, correct? Yep. So now I was positive I had not seen this before. So before you thought maybe you had, but you weren't sure. Right. But now it is solidified you had never seen it. Correct. Jess, do you remember the first time you watched this movie? I do. I saw it in theater. Theaters. In theaters. Oh. In the theater. You guys missed the movie theaters. I'm stoked, yes. I mean, I did go <clears throat> like mm, a month ago to see Tenet, mm. but it was like there was not many people there. It was weird. Yeah. A lot of people were doing the drive-in thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. I too saw it in theaters. I was stoked for it. I couldn't fucking wait for it. And then it lived up to all of my expectations. We might lose so many viewers after this episode. Why? Sorry. People don't like this movie. I don't know why they wouldn't like it. Because they're cunts. It's oh. <laughs> <laughs> a good explanation. <laughs> uh, shit, our characters, we got Michael Myers, played by Tyler Maine. The biggest person to ever play Michael Myers, that by the way. fucking huge. Humongous. Deborah Myers, played by my love, Sherry Moon Zombie. Young Michael. I always fuck this dude's name up. It's Dag Fairch, I believe. Dag. Dag. Dr. Loomis, played by Malcolm McDowell. Lori Strode, played by Scout Taylor Compton again. I love her. Annie Brackett, played by Danielle Harris. Seth, did you did you uh, remember Danielle Harris? You know who she's from? Mm-mm. She's actually uh, the little girl Jamie Lloyd from Halloween's 4, 5, and 6. Oh. Mm-hmm. Came black. Came black. She came black and played... Andy Brackett. Sheriff Brackett is Brad Dorf. Brad Dorf is famous for, do you guys know? Uh-uh. He is the voice of Chucky. Oh. Oh, shit. It's dropping bombs. I don't even have any notes. I don't even have any fun facts for this, guys. I just want to let you know. I'm that excited. Director, of course, is Rob Zombie. I think everybody who listens to this by now knows that I love Rob. I love him. You probably love him more than I do. I love Rob Zombie movies. You like mm-hmm. the music and the movies. And the man. Well, yes. Yeah, just like wants to suck his dick. Yeah. Like, I would never just be rolling down the, the road and, like, put on some... I, like, listen to Rob Zombie around Halloween. 
But other than that, that's about it. But I, I feel like you probably rock some zombie all the time. I do. Yeah. You've seen him live. I've seen him live. Mm, I'm a little jealous. Sorry. Sorry about your look. Don't be sorry. Just be better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rob Zombie, for those of you who live under a rock, he's done House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, 31, Three from Hell, Halloween 2, and Lords of Salem, which I actually... I watched it the other day. I didn't want you to make fun of me. I was almost not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I did. I watched it the other, on a random Wednesday. I watched how'd, Lords of Salem. How'd you feel about it? I, it's okay. It's not one of my favorites of his movies, but I don't dislike it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like it enough to watch it randomly. But what are you going to do? Yep. Seth, you want to read the synopsis? It's your turn. Let me get out the sheet. Do you need your readers? <laughs> I have my glasses on, dick. Are we ready? Okay. after being committed for 17 years michael myers now a grown-ass man and still very dangerous escapes from the mental institution and immediately returns to haddonfield to find his baby sister Lori. holy shit seth you did a great job yeah and i don't tell you that very often no you never do mostly because you're a prick or you're just an ass yes yes correct Mm mm-hmm are you okay? You want some? You want to hydrate before we hop into this? I know you're a little hungover. No, we, we're good. Let's start. Let's go. Sorry, I had to fuck. Finish that <laughs> oh Miller Lite. Uh, as always, we're joined by a nice cold Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> Jizzed on your face there. Oh no! <laughs> I can't even see out of my glasses right now. We got. I sh- see it across. <laughs> It's just splat. We got to shake one of these one time. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Did you shake that? <laughs> no, but it gave me the idea too. Ah, uh, fuck. Hang on, sorry. That's like running down your face too. Will you lick it off? No. Please? No, because there's like, it's probably like a mix of sweat involved too. Do I look sweaty? A little bit. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> you just look dirty. Yeah. You just look dirty. <laughs> I've showered. <laughs> you look a little glossy. Oh, dude, look at this. I can't even see out of these, but you know what? I was fucking loud. I can't have Seth yelling at me, so I'm just gonna have to push through. Oh shit! The darkest souls are not those which choose to exist within the hell of the abyss, but those which choose to break free from the abyss and move silently among us. Doctor Samuel Loomis. Scene one, opening scene, Halloween. Oh boy, the the music in this movie. The movie opens with God of Thunder by Kiss, and we see the Myers house. Inside, we see a young Michael in a clown mask playing with his his rat. I thought it was a mouse, but I think it's a rat. It is. They say rat. rat, yeah. Oh, gross. I thought this was a girl. <laughs> you did? Oh, really? Yeah, like girl with creepy-ass clown mask on playing with a rat. Mm, well, he does have long blonde hair, right? Yeah. Um, did you guys have a rat as a kid? No. No. Ugh, me neither. I had a snake. We used to feed it mice, which is funny because now I'm petrified of snakes. Hmm. I can't picture you having a snake. Mm-mm. Yeah, had a ball python. His name was Rimshot. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're welcome. Downstairs, Mrs. Myers is making breakfast and arguing with her loser boyfriend, Ronnie. Fucking Ronnie. Uh, I like, he is so disgusting. He jokes about messing around with another woman and Deborah gives him shit right back, calling him a cripple. <laughs> yeah, he said something about flappy ass titties. I missed, mm. I was going to rewind it, but... Uh, Do you notice that Deborah Myers, uh, again, played by Sherry Moon, but she's like got a robe on, but you can see her underwear like out mm-hmm. in the robe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so this movie starts off with all of the uh, Rob Zombie glory that I love. 
feel like all of his movies have kind of the same tone to him. Well, the kitchen's gross. Mm-hmm. He's like spitting food out of his mouth when he talks. Yeah. Like, it's just, ugh. He's like real loud. He's real mm-hmm. annoying. Yeah. But she gives him shit right back, right? <clears throat> yeah. So as they're arguing, screaming, a baby is in a pack and play, and it starts screaming. Um, uh, Judith comes down and tells Deborah that she's not going to eat eggs anymore. <laughs> chicken abortions? That they're chicken abortions. Like you would know what an abortion is. <laughs> <laughs> this girl's a bitch. Oh shoot! Uh, Ronnie tells Deborah, "Man, that bitch has a nice little dumper," which so, is Jenny from Forrest Gump, oh. the young Jenny. Oh, really? Uh huh. Oh yeah, it is, huh? Mm-hmm. Judith. I didn't know that. She is intriguing. When we all watch Forrest Gump together, you'll you'll yeah. see. I'm not Josh's watching that. I'm favorite not. movie ever. Nope, not gonna watch it. Um, so Ronnie, Ronnie is definitely a pig, right? Ugh. So there, we're definitely setting up a stage of, um, and we'll talk about it in a minute. Upstairs, Judith calls for Michael, who's in his bedroom, or he's in the bathroom cleaning off his knife in the sink. He's got blood on his hands, blood on the knife. Um, downstairs, Ronnie tells Deborah that Michael is weird. He's probably a queer, going to end up cutting off his dick and balls and calling himself Michelle. Hmm. hmm. Michael comes down and tells Deborah that Elvis, his rat, had died. Did he, did he say I had to flush him? Yeah. Who flushes a rat down the toilet? And the way that it was like, this must happen often. Just by the way, she's like, oh, we'll get you another one. Mm-hmm. Well, which we like, find oh, out okay. in a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. So Ronnie knocks off. So Michael's wearing the clown mask. He knocks it off of him. He tells him, take that fucking thing off. They tell each other that they hate one another, and then Ronnie tells Michael that uh, when his broken hand is healed, he's going to break it on his fucking face. Deborah, Mrs. Meyer, she screams enough, and then the scene ends. So let's talk about this scene a little bit. Um, yeah, you skipped over the part where she, Debbie, like slaps the coffee out of his hand and he pushes all the shit off the table. Right. And he's like, clean it up. Right. So again, there's a lot going on here. Um, obviously, uh, a lot of um, arguing going on, screaming. These people are pretty much white trash, right? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> For sure, yeah. <laughs> okay. So what stuck out, in your guys' mind, watching this scene, what stuck out the most to you? Was it, I'm, I'll let you guys answer. Dirty-ass Ronnie. 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 Ugh. Ronnie. Um, do you feel bad for Michael in this scene? Like, he's clearly weird. We realized, found out he just killed his rat, but at the same time, do you feel bad, like, Obviously, he yeah. doesn't have a father figure, and this Ronnie guy is a real piece of shit and just picks on him. Yes. I don't know that I felt bad for Michael. Maybe just because I know, you know, mm-hmm. I did feel bad for Deb, but. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a note. Do you think that there are actually families that act like this? Yes. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I agree. Sadly. Right. So scene two, the misery continues. We open with Michael at school. He's peeing in a bathroom stall as other kids bust in discussing um, a kid that wouldn't fight this bully. So this kid's the bully at the school is what I gathered. Michael walks out of the stall and the kids start telling him about his sister selling blowjobs in the bathroom. He heard they had to, (laughs) he heard they had to pump the cum out of her stomach. He tells Michael that his old man told him that for a dollar, his mom would rub her tits all over his face. He pulls out a flyer, which is of Mrs. Myers. On the Red Rabbit flyer, which again, if you remember the first movie, uh, the book of matches that the nurse mm-hmm. had was the, for the Red Rabbit. That's obviously where Mrs. Uh, Myers works, Michael's mom. So she is a stripper. Um, and then the kid asks Michael if he thinks that she let him fuck her. Hmm. Michael pushes the kid away, and they start to uh, the other. There's two kids. They hold Michael down, and the principal walks in, breaks up the fight, and then <laughs> Michael says, "Fuck you" to the principal. Yeah. 
We cut to Deborah talking to the principal, giving him shit. Says, I don't have time to come down here. Can't you run this school? Then all of a sudden, we see rock star Dr. Loomis walk into the office to talk to Mrs. Myers. Seth, since you've never seen this, what was your first impression of this version of Loomis? I even made a note. I said he's not screaming like usual. <laughs> yeah, he's very cool. Oh, yeah. He's got long he's like hair. totally not like the one in the first one. Glasses. Yeah. He's a fucking cool guy. So that bathroom scene. So Michael wakes up at home, right? He's got a shitty home life. He comes to school. He continues to get picked on. Um, Yeah, I think this is all building up to where we're going, but... Mm. So Loomis asks Mrs. Myers if Michael has had any sort of psychiatric evaluations before. The principal shows her a dead cat in a bag. He pulls out a dead cat in a bag that he found in Michael's backpack. And then he hands her a bunch of Polaroids of dead animals that they also found in his backpack. Um, Deborah says that Michael would never do this. He loves animals. Loomis tells her that sometimes the thrill of causing pain to smaller animals is a warning sign. He tells her that um, he's a very disturbed young man. He'd like to evaluate him and interview him. Uh, as Michael hears this, he gets up and runs out of the office. He runs to his locker, and then we hear the Halloween music, theme music play. Okay, so let's go back to, to Loomis and um, Mrs. Meyer. So the principal hands her all these Polaroids. I don't know how many of them. You guys think there are like 20 or 30 of them? Yeah. Yeah, there's a They're lot. Stack. All of dead animals. So back to Seth's point earlier, clearly these animals have been coming up missing yeah. frequently. Yeah. Um, the other thing I forgot to mention earlier, when they were in the kitchen, she like clearly babies Michael. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, I also wonder if it's because A, he doesn't have a father figure, and B, that Ronnie's such a prick. I would say so, yeah. Yeah. Well, she probably knows that there's something wrong. Like, don't moms usually like know that kind of stuff? She seems a little aloof. Like, she doesn't really know what's going on, mm-hmm. I don't think. I think there's a lot going on in that house that probably, she probably knows something's not right, but probably doesn't also want to. Well, probably doesn't think he's like, a, you know, a killer, just right. like he's weird, I guess. Yeah, you know? I would imagine nobody would think that about their kid, but we also saw him cleaning blood off of a knife, and she just knows that his animals come up missing. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. Scene three Bye Bye Bully. We see the bully from earlier leaving the school and talking about kicking Michael's ass when he sees him because I think he got suspended or something. Um, he grabs another kid's hat that just happened to be walking by. He spits in the hat and throws the hat back at the kid. Like, you want it back? Yeah, so clearly we don't like this guy. This guy's a fucking dick. Wesley, I believe was his name. Mm-hmm. Wesley. I actually did a theater show with this kid Wes. like two years before this movie came out. You know this guy? I mean, I knew him then, yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh, Interesting. Was he a dick? Mm-mm. I know I've seen him in something else. He was like in all the Spy Kids movies. Oh, okay. That's mm. what he was big for then. I don't know now if he's still acting, but no, he wasn't a dick at the time. He's a dick in this <laughs> movie. We see in the distance that Michael's watching him and starts to follow him. So one quick thing about this. I know I'm going to interrupt 5,000 times. I'm sorry. But we're used to seeing Michael as an adult stalk all these people. Like when people are walking through the yeah. neighborhood, you see him in the back. Like mm-hmm. now we see him as a kid doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as the kid walks through the woods on his way home, Michael runs out from behind a tree and hits him in the leg with a tree branch. I said a tree limb, but it was clearly a branch, right? It's a yeah. big branch though. So in this scene, M- Michael has his clown mask on. He's got a kiss shirt on and like this real like dingy jean coat. Mm-hmm. Um, he continues to beat the kid with the stick, hits him on the back and the legs and the face. As the kid cries, Michael takes the mask uh, up off his face, and the kid's begging for his life, choking on his own blood. The kid continues to apologize. 
Michael bends down and takes the flyer of Mrs. Myers out of his coat pocket. Um, and as he's looking at it, he slowly puts the mask back on, and then he beats the bully to death with the tree branch. Um, so in these shots, they really didn't show Michael hitting him a lot. You could mm-hmm. hear it. Yeah, they didn't really show it much. But they really showed it more from the bully kid's point of view, mm-hmm. where you could yeah. see the trees and the sky. I think there were birds that flew. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't necessarily overly um, violent, I no. don't think. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a little branch. It was like a baseball bat yeah. thickness of a branch, just right. so our listeners know. It was girthy. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was huge. girthy. Yeah. It, I mean, again, it wasn't overly gory. Yeah, he had blood on his face, and he was like mm-hmm. choking and stuff. But from a, it wasn't like a Saw movie where they're showing like limbs being cut off and no. stuff. Yeah. It was, I thought it was well done. And I think it really captures the emotion of the moment because this kid's a prick. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael had a shitty morning where he got bullied at home. He goes to school and gets bullied. And then you can just tell that he's taking all that anger out on this kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he throws the stick away and he walks off. Scene four. Ronnie had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> so back at the Myers house, we see Ronnie and Michael watching TV. Michael's wearing his clown mask and Ronnie makes fun of him again, calling him a faggot and a whiny little bitch. Mike yells for Judah, telling her that he's going to be late. Deborah comes down and tells Mike that uh, things are going to change tomorrow. He'd better live it up. So he got in trouble at school. She's not happy, but she still lets him go out. Again, I think she kind of babies Michael. Oh, Judith. Judith comes down, <laughs> and there's more banter between Ronnie and Deborah. Um, again, they're arguing and fighting. Before Deborah leaves, she tells Mike that, uh, Mike, I call it Mike just for the record. She tells Michael that she knows things have been bad, but tomorrow it's all going to change. Just then, Judith's boyfriend walks in. I think his name was Steve, right? Yes. Yep. Judith and uh, Steve go upstairs, and Judith tells Michael to go trick-or-treating by himself. Um, so the next few scenes are cut scenes, which I actually really like. So it cuts between Deborah dancing at the Red Rabbit and Michael basically sitting by himself as other kids and other families walk behind him and are trick-or-treating and laughing and having fun. So we cut to uh, Mrs. With, uh, Love Hurts playing in the background. Love Hurts, yes. <laughs> yeah. So we cut to, to Mrs. Myers dancing at the Red Rabbit as Love Hurts plays in the background. Mm-hmm. Mike is sitting outside of the house um, by himself as other kids walk by. There's families that walk by. They're all trick-or-treating, having a good time. Uh, the scene cuts back between Michael um, and Mrs. Myers dancing. Michael puts the clown mask back on. We see him get up. We cut to Judith and Steve messing around upstairs. Steve calls Ronnie, Judith's dad, and she, like, freaks the fuck out. Steve is gross. Like He's pretty gross. Compared to her, uh, it I think- was enough for me to note it. <laughs> I mean, is it like a product of the time, though? Because, like, yeah, he's gross, but he's like, got long hair. He's kind of, like, greasy. He's but ugly. Yeah. Okay. Steve calls Ronnie. Again, Steve calls Ronnie um, Judith's dad, and she makes it very clear that he is not her dad. Her dad's in heaven, and that Ronnie is, uh, what'd she call him? A scumbag piece of shit or mm-hmm. something? Do we know what year this is supposed to take place? It doesn't actually it say. It doesn't say, but... Um, it looks 70s. Well, in 70s. interviews with Rob Zombie, I forget what movie it was for. It might have been for um, Lords of Salem, actually. I don't remember, but he said he prefers all of his movies to be set in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Because then it's 15 years later, mm-hmm. and they have like a cell phone and stuff. So I wasn't sure. Right. Okay. Right. So I, but again, I know he like So maybe it was the 80s. Well, I, mean, was I guess it? I could have been 1980. Yeah. But he, uh, again, he likes his movies to be set in the 70s, 80s, but he said the problem with that is that period pieces cost so much more money. He was like, even to have somebody walk down a street 
Mm He's like, you have to change out all the Mm storefronts. You have to change out all the cars. Yeah. So I don't know what year this was set, but I would say since Michael had a Kiss shirt on as a kid, I would imagine it was probably. Yeah, because the later part to me felt 90s. I don't know about you guys, but. Um, so Steve tells her to close her eyes as she does. He pulls out the shape mask, which again is the, the Michael Myers mask that he wears in all the movies. Um, she's clearly not amused whatsoever. <laughs> he tells her he wants to do it with the mask on. Mm. So downstairs, Michael comes back in the house and looks at Ronnie disgusted as Ronnie's sleeping in the chair. Um, he, Michael sits down at the table, starts eating his candy corn, slowly gets up and goes over to the drawer, pulling out uh, some duct tape and a large butcher knife. So I thought that was an odd transition. Like, why did he just suddenly go, well, I guess I'll go do this now. He'd had enough. <laughs> I think so. Again, I think it was the buildup from the scene earlier. Shitty candy. Right? So he, like, it's him sitting outside. His sister was supposed to take him trick-or-treating. His mom can't take him because she's stripping, working. He's got this shitty stepdad. Um... So, again, I think that that's what he was trying to portray in that scene mm-hmm. was that, okay, Michael is sitting out here by himself. You know, all these other, for lack of a better word, normal families and kids are walking by with their friends having fun. He goes in the house. His sister's upstairs fucking the Steve guy. His shitty mom's boyfriend is, like, asleep in the chair. I think he's passed out because he's a drunk. So I think he sat down, and that was just, like, that was just like the moment, right? Yeah. Um, I also wonder if it had anything to do with the talk that his mom gave him that, Hey, things are going to start changing tomorrow. So you'd better live it up tonight. So I don't know if that's him living it up. Mm. I don't know. But the score here, this Rob Zombie scores are so good. Yeah. Um, so he's got like the high pitched noises and then the large thumps and thuds in the background. They're just eerie scores. Like they're mm-hmm. not anything. It's not like John Carpenter esque where it's high pitched synths and that kind of stuff or, um, like, the the saw movies or, or James Wan that does that does all the saw movies and stuff where it's like really produced it's just I don't know they're just really eerie there's nothing like overly produced about them they're just really eerie it's I very think. real yeah exactly I agree so we cut forward and see that Ronnie's heavily duct taped <laughs> he's got <laughs> duct tape on his torso his head his mouth it's like covering his mouth it's mm. over his forehead uh, Michael slides the clown mask back on as he hears kids laughing outside. He looks outside and sees the kids um, walking by that are trick-or-treating. The next shot, again, I thought the next shot was amazing. So we get this great shot from the street view of the Myers house. So you see the whole house, and then in that one window, you just see Michael with the clown mask on holding the curtain back with the knife. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he walks over slowly to Ronnie and stands behind him, and he slits his throat, basically. Nothing crazy here. Mm-hmm. He slits his throat. Ronnie wakes up, and he looks up, choking on his blood, and he can see Michael standing above him. Um, and then I think Michael pulls the clown mask back. Uh, from there, we cut to Steve, who's dressed. Uh, he's getting dressed and going downstairs as Judith puts on her headphones to listen to music. So there's no, uh, like in the first movie, where he, what's he tell her? He, he'll call her in the morning or something and leave. <laughs> yeah. They're only up there for like a 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's gone. I always wonder if she let him do her with the mask on. <laughs> Seeing again with Ronnie's mm. death, like I think that was the most planned out one. Uh, yes, I agree. So, I don't know if it was planned out. But, but I mean, it, it had more steps than just killing somebody. Correct. It was, it was over the top. But again, he clear, I think it also plays into the fact of how much he hates this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that could, that could make sense. Um, so I feel like the bully and then Ronnie's deaths were probably planned out. I don't know if they were planned out, but they were probably more not on the fly. Like, I think the other yeah. ones were kind of just spur of the moments mm-hmm. or, or cause he had the opportunity. Yeah. Those were a few that I like did not feel bad for them. Ronnie and no. the bully. I'm like, y'all had it coming to you. Like, Definitely not Ronnie. 
Yeah, I don't feel mm-hmm. at all bad for either of them. Um, so we cut to Steve getting dressed, going downstairs as Judith puts on her headphones. We watch as Michael stalks Steve carrying a baseball bat, which again I think is so cool because in other movies you only get to see Michael as an adult doing these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you see kind of where it all came from with this mm-hmm. with this movie. So Steve walks into the kitchen and starts to make a sandwich at the table, and he's as he's making the sandwich, we see Michael creep up behind him, raise the bat, and hit Steve in the head. God, that first blow. The sound was like, oh. Right. So we're, we see Steve at the table, and then the camera kind of pans behind him, and you can see Michael walk up with the, ha- mm. with the uh, bat and the clown mask. But what I love about this scene is that, like, it's not – he just hits him, right? Mm. Like, like, he's grunting, and you can hear him breathing. It's, like, so heavy while he's doing it. Let's be honest. If you're going to hit somebody with a bat, like, you're not just going to – like, you're going to be exerting some effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it comes through with the way he's breathing and how he's grunting. It just comes off really realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, I think you see the, the raw emotion out of, out of Michael at that point. Um, so as he drops the bat, we hear him breathing through the mask, and he walks over to Steve, leaving a bloody Converse shoe print. Did you guys notice the shoe print? Yeah, because I made a note, like, why did he walk right through the blood? Yeah, I thought maybe it would come up later, but I don't think that it ever does. Um so we cut to Judith laying in bed listening to Fear the Reaper. Or is it Don't Fear the Reaper? Don't, Don't Fear the Reaper. Yeah. And we can see him see behind her that Michael's walking into the room slowly. He takes the mask, the clown mask off, and he's like watching her laying down. That's when he picks up the Michael Myers mask or the shape mask is what it's called. And he puts it on. He walks over to Judith. He starts tickling her leg with his like bloody <sighs> nasty hand. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought this was an interesting way to work in the Michael mask, like how he was going to get it versus mm-hmm. yeah, the cool. old one where well, he just one went the, and bought it. Right. Well, <laughs> one of the questions you had on the last one was where in the hell did he get the mask? And he steals it from the hardware store. But yeah. I really like how they incorporate um, that, that, that mask. He had already seen it. And we see later what he does with it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I 100% agree. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, but back see, to the tickle. Yeah, well, it zooms in <laughs> on his hand. His hand is just so gross. It's bloody mm-hmm. and dirty. Ugh. So she turns around to see that it's Michael. She slaps him in the face. I think she does it two or three times. She hits him in the face. Yep. Causing him to basically stabs her in the stomach, <laughs> and she, like, falls back in the bed. The next, like, we cut, and we're in the hallway now, and we see Judith, like, slowly crawling down the hallway out of her room. Jessica's um, favorite uh, pace. <laughs> she's, like, blood all over, and she's just crawling. Uh, and then you see Michael come out of the bedroom behind her. Um, he's, like, slowly walking up, and he's, like, slicing her in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, as she's screaming, I know Seth, you said you had an issue with all the screaming in this movie. Not yet. Okay. It hasn't bothered me yet. Okay. Uh, she begins to crawl, uh, and again, Michael's watching her as he's slicing her and, and as she's crawling all the while, he's still wearing that Michael Myers mask. Um, we cut to boo. That's the baby that we talked about earlier. Uh, the baby's in her crib as we can see Michael approach her, her in the room. He takes off the mask, sets his knife on the dresser and tells her happy Halloween and kisses her on the forehead. Oh, for Boo. We cut to Deborah leaving the Red Rabbit and walking to her car. She pulls up in front of their house. Um, Michael's wearing the clown mask again, but he's sitting out on the porch holding the baby. Michael, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you know, Deborah pulls the mask off and takes Boo from him. She asks him multiple times what's going on. Uh, we start to hear sirens. Do you notice that was that same kind of freeze? type scene mm-hmm. yes where it mm-hmm. kind of zooms out and she's just like it's almost like they're frozen but not. yes yeah. very similar to the first one 
So the camera cuts to the news scenes of Deborah screaming as paramedics take Judith out of the house on a stretcher. The reporter says Judith had been stabbed 17 times. Mm -hmm. Steve had been beaten with a bat, and Ronnie had been uh, found bound to a chair. His throat had been cut, which we saw, and he had stab wounds to the face and chest, which we didn't see, right? Mm -mm. Um, The camera pans around, and we see Michael sitting in the back of a cop car as he slowly turns to face the camera. Okay, this was cool because everything, everyone was frozen mm-hmm. when it panned and then it was just him turning his head. Mm-hmm. It was like, I thought that was a cool shot. It was very Disney. cool. Yeah. Um, so let's discuss this scene briefly, but obviously I'm biased, right? But I think that Rob Zombie did a fantastic job of portraying like the psychological aspect behind Michael. Um, but I think he gets a lot of shit for it. Because a lot of people are like, oh, we don't want to know why Michael does what he does. We don't want to know the background on him. We just want him to be this being. Yeah. I, also Which, th- I can't remember if that part was in black and white, too, where it was like the news crew or whatever mm. was talking about it. Or was that after? I don't know. I thought that part was really cool, though. Yeah. I think he does that. He does that a lot in House of a Thousand Corpses, too, where he changes the contrast of the screen mm-hmm. and the the colors now we have a bunch of that coming up too with loomis loomis old dr loomis Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think a lot of the shit he gets for this movie is the fact that he went that far in depth with michael's childhood but again i like that aspect of it um i also wonder if this movie came out in 2007 right yeah Mm -hmm. um so i mean like so my only i have a note here but my only fear is that the movie came out too early. Like, cause right now and for the last probably four or five years, bullying and home life of children, um, is extremely prevalent right now in, in the news and in the mm-hmm. media. Right. So with like, let's just say like the shoot, the school shootings and which I know that happened. The first one obviously was Columbine it was way before this, but I feel like that stuff's more in the news now than it ever was before. Yeah. So I don't know if, if that movie came out like, four years ago if it would would have been better perceived um so i don't know i just feel like um not that this is realistic but really with the way kids are bullied in school and some of the kids home home lives are i feel Mm -hmm. like that is a perfect storm for why he acts the way he does or why he does things that he does Versus being part of this cult or whatever, whatever they did. Oh, the right. weird druid thing. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I just, again, there's people that, then again, I think there's people like the 1978 version because that, that was the first one they saw versus, you know, somebody like me who, this isn't the first one I saw, but you know, not being old as dirt. I think Rob Zombie gets like a bad rap from a lot of people, especially older generation. They think he's like this satanic being. Mm-hmm. He just, I don't know. I think he gets a bad rap in that way. But I feel like I wouldn't have liked this as much if I hadn't seen the old ones first. Really? Yeah. Because hmm. like you kind of now, because you like kind of know the story, but now you're getting an explanation of Michael that you right. didn't get in the first one. See, for me, I like that he goes in so in depth with his childhood. And you know, like okay, he's been through this and this, mm-hmm. and then obviously, I think Loomis talks about it later. It was a perfect combination of exterior and interior things that created him. But at the same time, again, I, I think that's one of the biggest complaints is that the, I, in my opinion, they could have just did a movie about his childhood and I would have loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely could have. I think at this point we're like 38 minutes into the movie. Maybe. Sounds right. When he pays homage to like everything from the older movies. Right. He works a lot of the same stuff in there. Oh, yeah. Which I think is cool. Yeah. Well, I know when he pitched this idea, he did talk with, I don't know if it was on the phone or in person, but he did talk with John Carpenter and 
Carpenter was like, hey, just make it your own, which obviously I think he does. Mm -hmm. But when he pitched this movie to um, Rapey Weinsteins, um, he had two different versions of it. The first was just a straight remake. The childhood version. The second was just like a straight remake. And I th- obviously what they did is they put them both together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I, I could talk about this all day. But hey, we, you know, we got to get moving here. People are going to start shutting Moving along, they're just going to be like, what the fuck? This fucking Josh guy. Never shuts up. Scene five, 11 months later, the scene opens with a news reporter talking about Michael being convicted of first degree murder. Uh, Loomis is now Dr. Or I'm sorry. Loomis is now Myers' doctor. While he's at Smith's Grove, Loomis and Michael sit down at a table and are talking on a recording. Loomis questions him about Halloween night. Michael claims to remember none of it. Okay, don't you think Michael acts like way younger than he is? Like he acts very kid-like. Um, Just in his like responses and I don't know. I felt like that once he was in there. Yeah, once he's in here. Yeah. Like he's, I feel like he's acting not even as old as he is supposed to be. I agree. And the reason I think that, which I, I don't know if we'll talk about it more later, but you know, I'm very good at saying I'm going to talk about something and then I forget to do it. Mm-hmm. Loomis makes multiple comments about um, how you can't believe Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have quotes in here that he says something about like a wolf, like, I, and I'll get to him when we get to it. But I agree with you. I think Loomis also makes light of that, that you can't believe Michael, that he's he's like has ulterior motives that you don't understand and you kind of don't take him as seriously because he doesn't talk or because he acts like this little kid. Yeah. It's a front. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. Um, so we see a, like a documentary type video with Seth, you were talking about of Mm -hmm. Loomis discussing Mm -hmm. Michael. Uh, we cut to Michael and Mrs. Loomis in the same room talking. Michael asks Deborah if, if everyone at home is okay. She tells him everyone is okay at home. Then he eats his jello. Yep. She knows the way she looked at him. Yeah, she's like, this kid's fucked up. Yeah. I can't tell if she, like, feels sorry for him or if she, like, hates him. I th- I think it's a mixture of she feels sorry for him and she's scared because she probably is like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen with this guy. Yeah. Uh, but then you think about it, like, that's all. Well, I guess with the exception of the baby, but that's really all she has left, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we cut to a janitor. That's, he's played by Danny Trejo. Love Danny Trejo. Danny. He tells Michael through this door that he can't let the walls get you down. He knows a thing or two about walls. He did some time. I was like waiting for something to stab through the Uh-oh. little window at him. I'm like, God. We cut back to Loomis <laughs> working with Michael. He shows him um, his new mask he made. It's basically a white piece of cardboard with black scribbled all over it. He tells mm-hmm. Loomis that he made it because it's his favorite color and no one can see him. Loomis, again, this was funny. Loomis explains to him that black is actually the absence of color. It's like, it's not a real color, you fucktard. You dummy. Whatever, Loomis. <laughs> I like black, too. I do, too. <laughs> it's a good color, or lack thereof. We cut back to the documentary-type camera work, and Loomis talks about how Michael has rarely let anyone see him without a mask on. He only shows brief cases of being a boy when his mother visits weekly. So she's only coming to see him once a week. Yeah. Hmm. We show Michael showing Deb, again, that's Mrs. Myers, his new mask, which looks like a a gray clown. Um, He says he likes to wear it because it hides his face. It hides his ugliness. Loomis says that his normal moments become fewer and fewer. He thinks that his masks are creating a mental sanctuary where Michael can hide inside himself from himself. That's serious. We show Michael and Loomis, and and Michael's like screaming at Loomis. Was Loomis screaming back at him? 
Uh, it kind of looked that way. I don't know if he was screaming or just trying to tell him to like calm down. Yeah. Because I thought it looked like he was screaming, but Michael's saying he wants to go home. He wants to leave. Um, and then Loomis like tells him he can't go home. He's done terrible things. And then I thought this was weird. Totally different from the last, uh, the Loomis and the other movies. He like hugs him. Yeah. Like he like feels bad for him, I mm-hmm. think. But again, I think in the other movies, Loomis um, talks about that because I think he didn't he say he spent like the first seven years trying to reach him and the next mm-hmm. eight trying to keep him locked up. Yep. Yeah. He did seem much more like affectionate towards him mm-hmm. in this right. version. Right. I thought. Which I think he makes a note of later. Um, yeah, he does. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I agree 100%. I actually, and I'm jumping way ahead, but I actually like this Loomis way more than the other Loomis. I do too. I really like Malcolm McDowell also. Mm. So you're biased. I am a little Yeah, there's a bias there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Loomis says that he fears he's on the verge of completely shutting down. Loomis tells Michael that he has to talk to him. He feels like a failure. They're going to see this in his report that he's not responding and they'll take him off the case. Oh, man. Michael tells him that he needs to get out of there. Mikey, you're not getting out. Mm-mm. Let's be honest. We see Michael and De- Deborah on a walk. Deb takes his mask off and tells him, uh, he tells her to please put his mask back on. So he like gets kind of shitty with her when she takes his mask off. Yeah. Uh, Loomis explains that Michael has become a ghost, a mere shape of a human being, which I think is a callback to, you know, they used to call him the shape in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Back inside, Michael, Loomis, and Deb are all sitting down with lunch trays in front of them. Michael's not eating. He's wearing his mask. He's like got his arms crossed. He's just looking down at the table, at the floor, basically. Well, nobody's talking. It's just... You can tell they're quiet, all yeah. just like fucking done. Yeah. Like Loomis isn't talking. Mrs. Myers is just like has no idea what to do. And then Michael's just off in his own little world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mrs. Myers tells him that before she goes, she brought him something. She pulls out a Polaroid or a picture of uh, Michael and Boo, the baby. Uh, Michael won't talk to her. She sets the picture down on the table and then uh, she gets up to leave. She says she'll see him next week. She kisses Michael on the head as a nurse comes in to sit with Michael. The nurse sits down, picks up the picture and says, oh, cute baby. Michael looks up at her slowly and then she says, couldn't be related to you. It's our nurse, isn't it? Uh, No, this is not the nurse. That's not the chick from the first one? Mm -mm. She looks familiar though. She's definitely from other movies, but not from. Oh, I thought the that first was her. Nope. What a biatch. She's a real bitch, dude. And then she like has a newspaper and that's stupid. Turns her back yeah. to Michael. We see Michael pick up a fork, and he like starts stabbing this nurse with it. Um, Why we, would he be allowed to even have utensils? Like after everything yeah. he's done, like I don't know. Again, though, I don't feel bad for this lady. No, she's a real bitch. <laughs> We cut to Loomis and Deb, uh, Deborah talking. Uh, they're talking outside of like, the elevator. They're waiting on the elevator mm-hmm. to come up. And then the siren goes off. Loomis takes off running. As Mrs. Myers and Loomis walk into the lunchroom, they see that Michael has, has... I don't think he killed her, but he hurt her pretty bad. Yeah. Well, they show the security camera, and I couldn't tell like what he was doing. Well, I think he had the fork and was trying to stab her in the throat from behind her. But I think if you look at the picture, it was just her hand that was cut up. So I yeah. think she must have blocked it okay. with her hand. Okay, That's what it looked like to me, at least. Uh, Mrs. Myers runs up to Michael and pulls his mask off. As she pulls the mask off, he starts screaming in her face as the guards are like restricting and holding on to him. And that's when we get another uh, camera freeze. Yeah, Deb is like, okay, I am done with this. <laughs> right. So I think at this point, this is an extremely important scene because mm-hmm. we have three characters, three of our main characters to this point, who've basically come to a 100% realization. Uh, Michael's completely gone insane. Yeah. He's. Yeah. Unable to be helped, which I think Mrs. Myers finally realizes that her son is gone. 
And then Loomis also at this point, at this moment, I think this is when Loomis realizes, hey, Michael is untreatable. Yeah. Like I, I can't do anything with this guy. Yeah. So I think, and again, the camera stills on his face. Um, from that point, the video cuts to Deborah laying on the couch watching home videos of the family. She's crying. She sits up, picks up a revolver. She looks at it as she continues to cry, and the movie's playing in the background. And then we hear a gunshot and a baby crying. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Again, poor Boo. I know. Poor Boo. But yeah, I'm sure she feels some guilt, you know. Oh, I think you would have to. I mean, yeah, you would definitely have to. Got that way somehow. Came well, plus, out. again, the kid, he's gone. So now all she has is the baby. Yeah. Um, Judith's gone. Ronnie, the loser's gone. Michael's essentially gone. But um, so up to this point, this was basically all new stuff to the Halloween storyline. Moving yeah. f- So starting scene six, 15 years later, it's all, I won't say it's a, a remake. It's definitely not like a psycho remake where it's scene for scene reissue. No, I mean, it's similar, it's similar but stuff's a little bit different. Yeah. Right. So um, scene six, 15 years later, we see two guards walking through the mental hospital. One of the guards is the guard who talked to Michael earlier. He's the one who told him about the walls. As they open the door, we see that Michael's room, uh, there are hundreds of masks like all over mm-hmm. the walls that he's made over the years. Uh, so this one guard, the, the newer guard, is his name Noel? No, he's a he's, fucking douche. He's a hillbilly, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's just like, you can tell he's just a real piece of shit. Well, his name's Noel. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we <laughs> adding that to the list? <laughs> yeah. Noel. <laughs> Paul, and what was the other Paul one? Paul Noel. Uh, well, fuck Paul. And the other dude's name is Ismail. Ismail, yeah. I'm not sure how you say it. Yeah, I don't know. But this guy's like a fucking hillbilly. So he walks in. He like pulls a mask off the wall. And does he try to put it on or does he just touch it? He just touches it. He just touches it. Um, So Michael stands up and we see that Michael's freaking huge. Yeah. So again, I don't remember how tall Tyler Maine is, the actor that plays Michael, but he is the biggest person to play Michael Myers. But he, I mean, he's like gargantuan, right? Yeah. Uh, we cut to an older-looking Loomis talking to Michael, uh, who is now handcuffed and bound to a chair. So Michael's sitting in a chair, like the chair is the normal size chair, but he is just so big that he mm. like engulfs this mm-hmm. chair, and his, uh, he's got handcuffs behind him. He's got like chains, chains. tied around him. Like, the, yeah, they don't want this guy to get loose, right? Um. Loomis tells him that he hasn't spoken in 15 years. <laughs> That's longer than his first marriage. And the Michael has become <laughs> like his best friend. We see Michael sitting in the chair uh, with the mask on, looking through his hair, just like he did as a kid. But obviously he's older. Right. Um, I do like that part when Loomis said he's like his best friend. And then he like mm-hmm. laughs and says, that should tell you how fucked up my life is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true though, right? Like yeah. I think he's been completely consumed with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tells Loomis tells him he can't do anything more for him that today will be his last day. Loomis stands up, walks by him, and tells him to take care as he pats him on the shoulder. As Loomis walks away, we see Michael turn his head, and Loomis walks out of the building out to his car. So wh- what do you guys think of Michael Myers at this point? Clearly different from all the other Michael Myers. Yeah. Huge. He's huge. Yeah. Physically, Freaking he's giant. much much different. Right. I, I wouldn't be talking to him like the hillbilly was. No. Like, no. I couldn't even, even after he stood up and you could see no. how huge he was, he was like. Because he could have just fucking so. killed them both right there. Yeah. Like. Well, <laughs> easily. Right. Again, I think it plays into what Loomis has been saying this whole time is that you can't, it's a front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the next line that Loomis says really speaks to that. Because he says, 
These eyes will deceive you. They will destroy you. They will take from you your innocence, your pride, and, and eventually your soul. They do not see what you and I see. Behind these eyes, one finds only blackness, the absence of light. These are the, these are the eyes of a psychopath. I think it's weird that he was there all that time, though, and as soon as Loomis left, that's when the shit hit the fan. Right. Yeah. Well, I wonder, too, how... Because it never says... Because I don't think we cut to the next scene where it's October 31st where he actually breaks out. Because I don't know that it says how far between when Loomis quits and when... I feel like it wasn't very long. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know how long it was. Um, but anyway, we see Loomis discussing Michael's psychology. He's like giving like a class or a lecture or something. He says he's the perfect storm of interior and exterior happenings. Um, he knows no boundaries and has no boundaries. So we cut back to Smith's Grove and see the hillbilly guard drinking some whiskey <laughs> and Noel. talking to another guard. They bring uh, they bring in a new patient, which is a girl, a female patient. This new guard, which is I guess is Noel's cousin, because he says cousin. Cause, yeah. yeah. Um, bring out this new patient. She is a female patient. Uh, he he holds her and then like this Noel. He starts like grabbing her boobs and talking mm. about her tits and it's just awkward. Um, is this the same version you guys watch? Yeah. yeah. Okay, because there's two versions of this movie. This rape scene is not in the theatrical version. I don't know. It, it, is, in, yeah, it is in the theatrical there. version. It's not in the director's cut, I think. It's different. It was hard to watch. This yeah. was a, a disturbing scene. I didn't realize that was Bill Mosley either when I saw it the first time. Zach, the guy that Zach. he brings in with him. The guy that Noel brings in with him. That's Bill Mosley? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yep, because it popped up like when I was watching it on Amazon, like all the names popped up. See, I don't think it is. It it gave you the other versions characters because Bill Mosley and the uh, woman that plays Mother Firefly in House of a Thousand Corpses, in the other version, they're guards and they're taking Michael out to to transfer him somewhere else and that's when he breaks out. Hmm. But it's in the director's cut. This, I watched it on Amazon, so I think it was the theatrical version. Um, Anyway... The guards open Michael's cell door and bring the girl into the room. The guards ask him if he wants some pussy. The guards throw the girl down on Michael's bed and start to rape her, yelling and screaming. After one guard finishes, he puts on my one of Michael's masks. Uh, Michael stands up, picks him up with one arm, choking him up against the wall. The other guard gets off of the girl, and he hits Mike with the baton. Michael throws him outside of the room. He walks out of the room and slams his head against the wall, killing him. We cut to the older guard, which again is Danny Trejo. He shows up and is walking into the hospital for a shift. He notices that something is odd as no one is around. Um, so back to Seth's point. Yeah, this scene was definitely hard to watch. Yeah, it was awful. Uh, it gets a lot of shit in this movie for having the scene in it. I think it probably was too long and probably way too graphic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I prefer the other version better. Again, he gets out differently. I'm sure it's on YouTube. If you guys, I have the movie if you guys want to see it, but they, it is different. Um, so he walks by Danny Trejo walks by the front of the office. We see that there is, uh, the woman that's supposed to be running the front desk is behind a wall. Is she dead or is she, she's like bleeding out. Okay. She's hurt. I think her throat slit maybe. Yeah. So the, the older guard, the one that's buddies with Michael, he, uh, finds two more security guards who've been killed. He, as he turns around, Michael's behind him wearing an orange mask, uh, that almost looks like a pumpkin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually made a note of that Ooh. pumpkin looking mask on. The guard grabs some handcuffs. Michael holds his hands out like he's going to let him handcuff him, and then he grabs him by the face, throwing mm. him uh, throwing him like through like a metal fence mm-hmm. or yeah. some sort of fence. I don't know. I thought, thought that was weird. 
Um, they were in a hospital hallway, and all of a sudden he's throwing him through a fence. I was wondering about that too. He starts to like drown him in a thing of water, kind of similar to how he uh, killed what's her face in Halloween too. Yeah, it's yeah. like a big sink. Yeah, so he ends up pulling him out. Um, then he pulls the television off of the wall and slams the television over his face, killing him. Mm-hmm. We hear a phone ringing and cut to Loomis waking up in bed. A doctor has called him to tell him that Michael is out. He broke out a few hours ago. It's a fucking massacre. And Tom Sawyer is playing. It is I playing. I know how much you love Rush. <sighs> Not a Rush fan. <laughs> Not a Rush fan. So what do you guys think of this breakout scene versus the original where this is Loomis shows up and... It was probably unnecessary. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Because of the rape scene, if the rape scene wasn't in it? It probably would have been better. It would have been better for sure. Okay, I agree. Um, I think, again, not to kick a dead horse, but I think it goes back to the fact that these guys are fucking with him again, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. It's like this, he's continually getting bullied throughout this entire movie. But but I thought the original was scarier just because they show up and like mm. all the people are like out wandering yeah. around. Like, right. Yeah. Scene seven. My name is Big Joe Grizzly. <laughs> Tom Sawyer by Rush plays as we see Big Joe Grizzly uh, pull up in his truck. He gets out and he goes into the bathroom. He's taking a dump. Taking a big dump. We see Michael walk into the bathroom as Joe is in a stall looking at a porno magazine. The porno magazine was very graphic. Yeah, because he's like, naughty girl. (laughs) (laughs) Who sits in a public bathroom taking a shit? Truckers. Truckers, dude. Looking at a porn magazine. Under the stall, Joe notices feet as Michael knocks on the door. (laughs) Joe, those feet. Oh, so did you notice the feet? Yeah, it says nasty ass feet. Oh, my God. They were like black. Yeah. Ugh. Joe asks him to let him pass this beast in peace. Michael continues to knock on the door. <laughs> Joe tells him that he better fuck off or he'll be one sorry a-hole. Oh, man. Joe Sounds Grid- like something you say, like if Abby comes and knocks on the door yeah. and you're taking yeah. a shit. We know we have two bathrooms now, so it's much nicer. <laughs> I don't have to like announce when I'm going to the bathroom anymore. <laughs> Before, I was like, hey, does anybody have to go to the bathroom? Now I just, you know, do my thing, dog. How nice. Big Joe Grizzly style. <laughs> Joe Grizzly stands up, opens the door, and says, let me introduce myself. I'm Big Joe Grizzly, bitch, and I'm going to cut that mask right off your face. (laughs) Suddenly, Michael grabs him and continues beating his hand against the stall door, the side of the stall, until he gets the knife from him. Uh, Then he stabs him. God, that was like, that would like break all the bones in your fucking hand. Oh, yeah. It was like denting the whole wall. Yeah, I know. The whole wall was The stall wall was like like falling over. So I actually have, and I'm glad you brought that up because I have no, I think that the purpose of this scene, not only is it so that you can see where, okay, hey, here's where he gets his overall, that whole Mm -hmm. outfit from, but it's also to show how strong he actually is. Yeah. Because like he, this big trucker guy, you would think, theoretically, would be able to kick the shit out of this guy that just got out of a mental hospital. Right. But like clearly not. Yeah. Doesn't stand a chance. He hit his hand so many times. Oh yeah. It like it reminded me of like Mortal Kombat when you keep pressing the Did, same fucking uh, button over yeah, and yeah. over. Dude, he's just like <laughs> slamming his hand against the stall wall. So we see Michael put on Joe's overalls and walk out of the bathroom. Scene eight, Haddonfield, Illinois, October thirty first. Mr. Sandman plays as we cut to Miss Mrs. and Mr. Strode making breakfast and Lori walking in. She tells that the hardware store owner tried to touch her in the wrong way. So I guess I should preface this. They were talking about how the uh, local hardware store is going to close because some big box chain company's coming in and basically put them out of business. But she, uh, Lori, walks in and hears them talking about it. She makes a joke about the old man being a pervert, which I thought was funny. 
Well, with the bagel? Yeah. I thought I thought. Or she fingered the bagel? Yeah, well, that's another one of the complaints I get, I hear or see a lot is that, oh, wow, you meet Lori and she's immediately pretending to finger a bagel, whereas the original Lori was like this goody two-shoes, right? No, that was my note. I mean, it's definitely not the same type of character. I like it because I could see like me doing that with my family. Like, <laughs> you know, that's how we are. Kind of trashy. It's probably a sign of the times, though. I mean, people <laughs> For- didn't joke about that in public in 78, probably. That's true. Like we do now. Well, I guess for me, it's just more realistic, (laughs) right? The first thing I noticed was that the mom is Cynthia is um, the mom from E.T. Is it really? Yeah. Can I be honest? I don't know that I remember watching E.T. Yeah. That's sad. Mm. You should watch it. You should watch it tonight. It's one of my faves. Poor me. I like the mom. You like, I like the strokes. I like that aspect. I have that in here later too, but I like that we actually get to see her interact with her parents Mm. and- Mm-hmm. Get I a feel don't like for what the happens to them, but well, you know, it happens. They seem wholesome. Yeah, right. So they're all rushing to get out of the house quickly. Mr. Strode asks Laura if she can drop some documents off at the Myers house. <laughs> house, house, house. <laughs> uh, so clearly, a different opening from the original. Um, I just like that Lori actually has a personality. Yeah, I feel like not that it's Jamie Lee Curtis's fault, but in the original Halloween, she's kind of boring. Yeah. She doesn't like, she doesn't sound as exciting. Like when mm-hmm. she talks about stuff, she's just very like bland. Mm-hmm. But she didn't really have a lot of dialogue in the old one. Mm-mm. That's true. Plus again, like you said, I wonder if it was just a sign of the times. Like maybe yeah. that's, I don't know. I didn't grow up in the seventies. So maybe that's how families interacted. I don't know. We see Lori walking to school as Tommy walks up talking to her. They talk about the Mexican wolf man. Um, so I also have another note. Lo- uh, Lori is clearly less patient with Tommy in this movie. Mm. Oh, yeah. Than in the last one. She's oh, like, yeah. fuck off, Tommy. Yeah, yeah she's like, like fuck away from me, little bitch. Like how a normal high school person would react if this little yeah. elementary school kid was bugging yeah. you, right? Not like, oh, hey, Tommy. Let's hang out and make jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off, Tommy. As Lori and Tommy walk... Um, they're walking and talking. We cut to Michael walking down steps into a basement, which we find out later what that is. But we see him uh, take that orange mask off. He breaks through floorboards, pulling out a butcher's knife, which is kind of rusty. And then he pulls out the Michael Myers mask or the shape mask that he had hidden in the Myers house at the beginning. Let's talk about the mask. We see the mask again for the first time as he's mm-hmm. an adult. So I think everybody knows this. This is my favorite Michael Myers mask. It's withered, it's beaten up, it's cracked. It's not this this big fat mask on somebody's face. It's like form fitting. Yeah. It's fucking creepy. That's it scary. It looks kind of dirty. I love the Dirt crack tape. in the forehead. And I like how you saw it at the beginning of the movie and obviously 15 years later this thing's been in this floorboard just mm. collecting dust and all beat mm-hmm. up. So no, I this is my favorite Michael Myers mask. Um so as Michael puts on the mask, we hear Lori and Tommy talking outside of the house. Lori walks up and puts the documents through the door slot, which I love this scene also, because uh, Michael's on the other side of the door, which in the first one, it's like you know he's there because you hear the breathing, but mm. in this one, you actually see him, Yeah. and you can see him watching the mail as it's going in and out of the slot, um, because <laughs> Lori's joking with Tommy that something's pulling her, and as we can see, Michael's on the other side. He's just watching the mail fall through. Yeah. But I, I love this part of it as well. He picks up the mail or he picks up the documents that she dropped through and he smells. What makes him wait in certain situations, though? Don't you like wonder that? Like, why doesn't he just grab her right then and do whatever he is wanting well, to do? We I don't wouldn't know. have much of a, a movie now, would we? <laughs> I know. It's just it's just funny <laughs> to me that 
but he'll, he'll kill somebody else like that but then like in other scenes it's like he just watches them for so long see i think here i two things again but i'm, I'm not, again i go ahead sure his intention at this point is to kill her because I don't think his intention later. at all in the movie is to kill her. Because of what happens later. Yeah. So. I feel like, and again, this we can talk about this more later. I feel like his intention throughout this entire movie is to protect her. Hmm. I don't know. That's the vibe I got from it. Even when he was a kid. That's like, true. She's yeah. the only one he doesn't kill. He takes her out of the house. Um, We'll talk about that more later. But, yeah, no, he smells it. So, at this point, he's like got out of his asylum or whatever he's at home and then he she puts the mail through the slot he smells it so he like knows it's her right yeah okay that's what i gathered from but scene nine the game plan Lori, annie and linda are on the library at school um they're talking about their plan to sneak annie's boyfriend paul over paul. so she can have sex i put paul in all caps paul as Lori looks out the window, she sees Michael standing by a tree watching her. Linda, totally. Linda and Annie joke about Lori being Mother Teresa. She looks back outside and the Michael's gone. Uh, she clearly looks worried, right? So, totally. Totally. Um, I actually like this scene better than the original where she's just in class and she looks out and sees him, looks back, and the teacher talks to her. I, I like this more because you're building more camaraderie with the friends, which True. I think is important. Agree. We cut back to Loomis telling the warden of the uh, hospital that it is his fault Michael got out, and he leaves. As he's leaving, he tells them, oh, man. He is made. Or he is mad to trust the tameness of a wolf, which, again, I think plays into what he's been saying this entire time is that Michael is playing all of you. So he is mad to trust in the tameness of a wolf. Loomis has some serial. Uh, he has some killer one-liners in this movie, does he not? Yeah, that's where I said old yelling crazy Loomis is back. He's back, dude. <laughs> Here he is. Oh, man. I did think it was funny earlier in the movie when Michael asked him why he talks so funny. Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize that. Now that you said that, I remember I, him asking that. I forgot until just now, but yeah. Um, as Loomis leaves, Loomis. he tells them they need to get on the phone and tell them who broke out of here last night and tell them exactly where he's going. And then they're like, why would he be? <laughs> or where is he going? And he goes, you know damn well where he's going. Haddonfield. <laughs> yep, he's back. He's back. Peels out and leaves. God, in his sweet ass fucking sunglasses. Mm -hmm. We cut back to Lori and Linda leaving school as Linda's whining about Linda. <laughs> oh shoot. Linda's a slut. Linda's whining about getting in trouble for. She basically called her cheerleader coach a cunt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh man! Didn't she say that they should just um, go? bottomless so everybody could see their vaginas since they're doing the same and they wouldn't notice they're doing the same old cheers i think that's what they said and then someone calls linda a slut and i don't remember what all they were talking annie. about annie. annie yeah annie walks up and starts to walk home with them they joke about the french teacher wanting to fuck all of them so there's a lot of uh sexual talk mm -hmm. in this movie Lori says that she thinks the guy that some guy is watching them so she, they we don't see this person they see them but linda starts joking with the guy about wanting some of this young stuff and he tells him and he tells him that her daddy is the sheriff and then you, you we see the guy kind of walk off out of the corner of the camera um as she says this we see uh the guy walks off and just then sheriff Brackett pulls up in his sheriff's car and he hops in gets a ride home and Lori and linda decide to walk home in different directions do, 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 do. so 
again, this is kind of like the beginning, but I feel like that scene in the first Halloween is so much longer of them just walking home mm-hmm. and talking. Oh, yeah. But I think that he kind of combined it with them talking in the library and then mm. this scene, so it was shorter. Speed kills. Speed kills. He did keep a lot of that the same. Yeah. Like, Annie was like, thanks for waiting on me. Yeah. And <laughs> Linda still says totally way yeah. too much. Totally. We follow Lori as she walks uh, home. We see Michael's following her and watching her, which I did like this a lot. I like that they got rid of the car thing. They yeah. don't really explain how he got there. Oh, yeah. I assume he took that semi. You think he could just drive a semi? I don't know. Could you drive a semi? <laughs> he put the dude's clothes on. No, I couldn't. Maybe he got a Uber. Yeah, they never do explain how he gets where he's getting. But I also like that they leave that ambiguous. Like, you don't know. The, okay, how is this guy driving? He's never driven before, maybe. You know True. what I mean? So I, I don't True. know. He just power walked there. He could have. <laughs> as Lori gets home she helps her mom fix a skeleton that her dad really likes we can see that Michael's watching them from across the street scene 10 the cemetery scene Loomis and the caretaker are walking through the cemetery in Haddonfield the caretaker is played by Sid Hag <laughs> also Captain fucking Spaulding yeah. they discuss the, uh, the Myers case as they walk up and notice that there's a dead animal mounted to a stick God damn son of a bitch fucking kids. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's weird not to see him completely bald. That's true. He looked real scraggly. Yeah, like yeah. He looked real gross. Or something on. Yeah, but I love that. That actually made me laugh, that whole <laughs> God damn son of a bitch. Man, that's funny. <laughs> What's the matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? Scene eleven. <laughs> Bob and Linda meet Michael. I also God, I'm gonna be talking about this all day. I hope you guys don't have plans tonight. Yeah, I'll speed this up here, Josh. Shut the fuck up, Seth. Got a half hour. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) I got to run. Oh, shit. Just has a timer going. (laughs) Scene 11, Bob and Linda meet Michael. Bob and Linda arrive at the Myers house as they bitch that they're selling the place. They carry all their shit in, and we see Michael standing on the top balcony watching them. This was a different twist. Yes, I like this twist. Inside, Bob and Linda are having sex on the floor by jack-o'-lantern light. Linda is about to nut as Bob has a calf (laughs) cramp, but then he nuts too early. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> fucking Bob, man. Bob goes out uh, to get Linda another beer. He walks right by Michael, who's hiding in the shadows. Linda turns on F- Don't Fear the Reaper as we see Bob go out to the van. Uh, he's like he's like rooting through his cooler, which has all like empty cans of beer in it. Yeah. Linda calls uh, Lori on her cell phone. Bob is pulling empty beer cans out of the cooler looking for a fresh one. We cut back inside and see Bob walking up the steps with a white sheet over his head and glasses. Another interesting twist. Just like the original, yes. So we see the sheet come up the steps, and as he walks up the steps, Michael comes out from a different room in the house, grabs him, chokes him with one hand, and then stabs him to a wall, similar mm-hmm. to the first one. Yep. Um. Yeah, so we can hear Michael breathing through the mask again. Bob is like pinned to the wall. He does his head nod thing, which he does in the first one, but again, a little different twist. So they're at um, the Myers house. They're not at the Wallace's house. And then it is Bob originally in the sheet, which I'm assuming gives Michael the idea to put the Mm -hmm. sheet on, right? Yep. Back in the room, Linda's laying on the floor covered with a blanket. Uh, Could you sh- move your pokey ass any slower? <laughs> the sheet with glasses comes back, and Linda shows him her tits, asking if he sees anything he likes, just like in the first one. Mm-hmm. He holds out the beer. Linda has to get up and get it. She gets up to go get the beer, showing off her nice landing strip. <laughs> Did people have landing strips back then? I guess it was Probably. the 90s. That You know what? By this lady's pubic hair, we should be able to tell yeah. what... <laughs> Yeah, Josh. So what do you this date the true. pubes? The pube style. Is oh, what? totally 90s. 90s. That's a definitely a 90s <laughs> thing, I think. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Do you have a chart that you look at? Oh, yeah. 
got yeah. a document up here. As she turns around to open the beer, Michael throws off the sheet and chokes her with one hand, grunting the whole time and breathing heavily. Mm. Um, I would think as big as Michael is in this movie, she would notice that wasn't Bob under the sheet, right? You would think. You would think, yeah. Because Bob was not very big. Uh, no, and like Michael's huge. Yeah. It's funny though, like I, he looked the biggest when he was at the asylum or yeah, wherever. Yeah, true. Yeah. When those two guys went in there, that's the moment that he looked the biggest. Right. But then once he put the mask on and stuff, I didn't think he looked as. Maybe those two dudes are tiny. Statuesque. Mm. Statuesque. Statuesque. Hot, you mean? Sexy. Sexy, yeah. She wants to bang Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Michael picks her up. This is uh, Linda we're talking about. He picks her up and he carries her out of the room. Scene 12, 357 Magnum. We see Loomis at a gun store purchasing a gun. He is like rushing the owner. He's like, hey, man, come on. I got to get this gun. We could have done without this scene. I agree because that's literally the only note I have for that whole scene. Yeah. Other than the gun shop owner being like, yeah. If you get that, you're just going to whatever. You're going to wound it. Yeah, wound it, not kill the fucker, whatever he says. That was a 22 or something, wasn't it? No, he's got him a 357. We could have skipped that whole scene. I agree. Scene 13, trick or treat, Lori. Lori and her mom are passing out candy to trick or treaters. Um, This is much different from the original, right? Mm -hmm. Because we don't really even see the parents in the original. Mm -hmm. The kids are out trick or treating at like fucking 3 o'clock after school. I think we only ever see her dad get in the car at the beginning right you're right yeah when he gives her the paperwork to drop or he gives her the key to drop off at the yeah, Myers house that's it i don't think we ever see mom keys that's the keys Lori's dad comes out and tells Lori to be safe a lot of nutcases come out at halloween um so i really like that rob zombie shows the relationship between Lori and her parents yeah um in halloween yeah. 2 the 1981 version it kind of made her mom seem like a bitch yeah yeah and that like flashback scene yeah, yeah. which again I totally thrown together for that specific movie. So we can't really compare the two, but I do like that they show her parents and that like, they have like a fun relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annie pulls up and picks Lori up to go babysitting. Mrs. Strode goes to the house, start a fire. As we see Mr. Strobe, uh, he's out on the porch and he gets stabbed. Michael comes around the corner and stabs him and then drags him into the house. So I was not expecting this to happen. Oh, really? No. Okay. Inside, Michael approaches Mrs. Strode with a knife. We cut to Mrs. Strode crawling um, on the floor, very similar to the Judith scene earlier in the mm-hmm. movie. She crawls and makes it to the phone as Michael grabs her around the neck. This was insane to me, but he's holding her up. Uh, he's holding a picture of Lori. He throws uh, Mrs. Strode through like a glass table. He picks her up by her hair, and then does he break her neck? I think so. Yeah. That made a crack sound. Right. So if you remember, it was either in the first Halloween or Halloween 2. They can't get a hold of Lori's parents. They don't know where they're at. Right. They're supposedly at this party, and then Mm. we can't get a hold of them. Mm. I think they're inferring that Michael killed them. Well, I guess I didn't even Mm. get that from the second one. But, again, I do like that they actually showed it and that they did it moments before Lori leaves. So to me, it wasn't that he went there to kill her. It was that he went. Not he w- didn't go there to kill them. He went there to get her, but she was gone, and that's why he killed them. It definitely makes it more sad because you yeah. can see that she had a good relationship with them, and now oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent makes it worse. Um, and it almost makes me wonder if he did it because like that's his sister, and like that's not their family. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that would make sense. Um, so we cut to Lori and Ta- uh, at Tommy's discussing the boogeyman. Again, similar aspect to the first one. They bring the boogeyman back into it. We see Annie's calling Lori and uh, telling her that Paul's on his way. <laughs> on his way over to Bone. Hmm. Hmm. Paul. 
she's bringing Lindsay over to Lori so she can watch her. As Annie is talking to Lori, we can see that Michael is in the house watching her. Uh, the camera cuts to Lindsay watching TV as Michael's standing behind her watching the TV as well. So I will say one thing here. I think that the car in the first one probably helped explain how Michael got from point A to yeah. point B. So we know that he was at their house and saw Annie pick Lori up in that red car. Right. But it never explains how he knew where they went or where Annie was That's at. That's true. My theory is he followed the red car. That's why he was at Annie's and not where Lori was at. But how would he follow it if he went in to kill the parents? I don't know. The that's, car would have been gone. That's the best thing I can come <laughs> up with is that he he went where the red car was at that he saw. I like to think that he just like wanders around and gets lost and then like Appears. cusses like, guys, where the fuck did that red car Lost again. Girl, he asked people. He's like, excuse me, sir. Have you seen a red car? Unless <laughs> 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 we're just to assume they're like in the same neighborhood and it's really not that far away. I wouldn't. I yeah, but know. then why did she have to pick her up, right? I don't know. But again, I think the car, him being able to drive in the first one kind of makes that seem more realistic. But again, I don't. That didn't bother me that much. Uh, Annie yells and tells Lindsay to get her shit. They're going over to Tommy Doyle's. Lindsay! Michael turns his head. <laughs> Okay, so at this point, uh, Lindsay is watching TV. She's watching The Thing on the TV, and yeah. Michael is behind her. Um, Annie yells at her, and you can see them both. I love this scene because you can see them both turn their head and look at um, Annie where she's talking from the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Annie comes in, and you can see that Michael's not there anymore. Um, Lindsay's much different in this version. I think everybody yeah. really is, with the exception of Tommy Doyle. Tommy's probably pretty similarly annoying. And did you notice that Tommy Doyle is the actor that plays in... Um, did you watch The Righteous Gemstones? Yes. He is the son from The Righteous Gemstones. He's also in Santa Clarita Diet. Hmm. I'm still trying to think which... The nerdy boyfriend that um, likes the daughter oh, in Santa Clarita oh, Diet. Oh. And then oh. he's uh, Danny McBride's son in The Righteous Gemstones. I did not notice that. Yeah, that's him. That's crazy. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I would have told you that, but you don't fucking watch anything cool, so. Whatever. If it's not the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I don't sit around and watch TV all day, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Now I want to go back and look at that. That's funny. We got the Loomis talking to Sheriff Brackett, and Brackett's like totally discounting Loomis. He's like, you're a fucking nutcase. The headstone mm. being gone is a prank. There's no way a man lifted up a half-ton headstone. Loomis tells him that it may be a matter of life and death. Evil is here. He walks among us. Here you go. Back to the normal crazy-ass Loomis. Scene 14, popcorn and jack-o'-lanterns. Annie and Lindsay walk over to Tommy as, uh, to Tommy's house as we see Michael watching them and walking behind them. Uh, Annie drops Lindsay off to Lori. Annie tells Lori that Paul talked to his friend Ben Tramer about Lori, and she needs a boyfriend. Lori gets very excited. In the first one, she's, like, pissed. Yeah. In this one, she's like, oh, yes, I'm finally going to get laid. She's like, Really? So, again, totally different, Lori. Uh, we hear someone hawking outside. Annie goes out and gets in Paul's car. We cut back to Loomis talking to Brackett at his office. Loomis is doing the typical hysterical Loomis oh, jive. Yeah. That's just back to old Loomis. But the, I love this next part because Brackett tells him, he says, I know who you are. I've read your book. And quite frankly, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> so he knows he's a fucking nutcase. So well, maybe he's really not though. But Loomis tells Brackett that uh, he first met Michael when he was seventeen or seventeen years ago. He had something missing inside of him, no conscious, no reason. He's come back for her. He's come back for his baby sister. He knows it in his bones. He doesn't know why he came back, but it's not good, Sheriff. Not good. Brackett tells him that if he breaks a promise he made years ago, he must play it razor sharp. Shit, razor sharp. We see Brackett. 
call the Strode's house. The camera shows inside the Strode's house as we can see they're both basically slaughtered inside this house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brackett and Loomis get up and go to the car to check on the Strode's house. Back at Tommy's. Tommy is asking Lori about the boogeyman again. This kid loves the boogeyman. These kids are annoying in this one. Did you think so? Yeah. See, I liked them more. Uh-uh. Lindsay's yeah. definitely more bitchy and yeah. talkative. I don't know. She was like sweet in the last one, I felt like. And, right. I, know. I feel like she's maybe older in this one, too. Yeah. Could be. Know. Could be. Lori tells them that the boogeyman's nonsense. That's when the kids start picking on her and say, oh, Lori's hiding something. And then they start fucking with her. But again, I actually have a note here. It's funny you said that, Seth, because I said I like these kids. They actually have personalities. <laughs> maybe they were just yeah. sort of annoying to me. Seth hates kids. <laughs> I don't hate kids. He hates kids. That much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Scene 15. Do you want to fuck me? <laughs> Not right now. Annie and Paul are messing around on the couch as Annie bitches at him <laughs> that he's going to stretch her shirt out. I don't know what he was doing, but she didn't like it. No. As they're messing around, Annie asks him, do you want to fuck me? When she does this, we see behind them that Michael's watching. Michael's still a pervert in this movie. Yeah, he likes yep. watching all these people fuck. Yeah, that's probably what I'd be doing. <laughs> Michael walks around the back of the couch and Annie and, as Annie and Paul continue to have sex. Suddenly, Michael grabs Paul by the back of the head, ripping him off mm. of Annie. Hmm. Again, he grunts. I like how much he grunts and like breathes heavily in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it, it really gives him character. Uh, he stabs Paul as Annie gets away. She's running away from him. She gets outside of the front door just as Michael grabs her and pulls her back in the house, slamming the door shut. But again, like the neighborhood with all this screaming, like no one hears any of this. Right. When like. the, the thing I love, <laughs> I think the scene was in the trailer if I remember for the movie. But the thing I love about this scene is, so she gets outside of the front door. He mm. grabs her and pulls her back in. And as soon as the door slams, the score stops. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's a silent. So all you hear are like crickets, and like mm. you hear like what you just said, how quiet the neighborhood is. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's one of two things. Yes, they're trying to portray that the neighborhood is quiet, but two, I think it's also supposed to portray that like this is like a, a supposed to be like a safe place. This neighborhood, right. it's not mm-hmm. like right. you know what I mean. Um. So back inside, we see Annie's trying to get a kitchen knife as Michael slaps her down, knocking her to the ground. Um. Standing over her and. Michael standing over her as Annie crawls on the floor. A lot of crawling in this movie. Mm-hmm. Jessica's favorite. <laughs> Slow crawls. <laughs> he grabs her leg and pulls her um, down the hallway as Annie cries and grabs her door frame. So we cut back to Tommy's as Lori tells her that it's time to go home and sends her to get her jacket. Tommy's going to stay home while Lori walks Lindsay home. Um, the camera cuts to Brackett and Loomis driving to the Strode's house. Brackett tells Loomis that he had omitted the baby from his police report when he arrived on the scene at Myers, uh, at Mrs. Myers' suicide. He took the baby to a town over, dropped it off at the hospital, and then he found out three months later that his friend, Mason Strode, had adopted the baby. Hmm. Hmm. So in this movie, Brackett is fully in on... Knowing about the baby. Yeah. And obviously Loomis knows about it too. So we cut to Lori. She's walking Lindsay back to Lindsay's house. As soon as they, I love this part too. As soon as they walk in the door, they open the door and they see Paul hanging from the ceiling. He's got a pumpkin on his head. Annie's laying on the ground in front of the door. She's all cut up, but she's still alive. Yep. Uh, Lori immediately sends Lindsay back to the house to call the police. Lori finds the phone and calls the police herself from the kitchen. Uh, she does get a hold of the police, but, um, it cuts back to Annie. Michael shuts the door, and you can see he was standing behind the door the whole time. 
Um, he walks around Annie as Annie watches him. He pushes the body of Paul, who is like still hanging from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And then he does like another Michael Myers head nod thing. So he's like playing with this body hanging from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And Lori is taking a decade to call 911. Well, she had him on the phone. I think it was one of those things where they try to talk to you forever. Oh my God, just say where it is and get off the fucking phone. Well, I don't think they let you. They like try to keep <sighs> you on the phone. Because um, she's like, Annie's like screaming for her. Well, that's, yeah, the next thing, yeah. Annie starts screaming for Lori as we hear the radio and Brackett's car go off. Loomis starts freaking out that he's found her. He's found her. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good imitation. Brackett said they are about 10 minutes out. Back at Lindsay's, uh, Michael grabs Lori. So Michael does catch up to Lori. He grabs her. He rips her away from the phone. Michael walks up to Lori as uh, she breaks the glass out of a door with a chair and gets outside. We then cut to like a street view up toward the house. Mm. We see Lori's limping. I don't, do we know why she's limping? No. Okay. I didn't, didn't catch that either. Um, you see Michael, he walks outside. He's walking after Lori's screaming for help, uh, limping down the street. She gets to back to Tommy's house. Of course she can't get in the house. The keys. <laughs> I she, put that. Did you? <laughs> Sad they cut that out. I'm not. No. She beats on the door. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Tommy gets the door open, lets her in. He locks the door behind her. I love this part. So you can see Michael, he pounds on the door and then you can see his mask through the upper window mm-hmm. in the door, right? Mm-hmm. And the kids start running upstairs and he just like breaks right through the door. Yeah, just like steps through. Absolutely it. no issue getting through this no. door whatsoever. Um, so Lori and the kids make it upstairs. They hide in the bathtub, but as they get in the bathtub and lock the bathroom door, you can hear sirens approaching outside. These two police officers enter the house and talk to Lori through the door, telling her to unlock the door. She asks if he's gone, and they tell her nobody's out there. So she gets up, she unlocks the door, and as she's like at the door, she doesn't actually unlock it because you see Michael push that uh, police officer's head against the door and then mm-hmm. fucking stabs him through the door. It's like a frosted oh, door, dude, like a glass door. So like you see his face imprinted mm-hmm. on the other side, and then the knife goes through it. Um, again, Michael breaks through the door with absolutely no issue. As he's walking into the bathroom, uh, through the door, you hear the other cop yell, freeze. Michael turns around to go after him. and Does he shoot him in the shoulder? Yes, I think so. Um, he only gets one shot off, I yeah, think. Yeah, he shoots him. Like I think he gets him in the shoulder, and that's when Michael like just goes toward him and stabs him. And he's like grunting as he's stabbing this fucking cop. This um, is where my comment about the screaming comes in. Oh, Lord. <laughs> the screaming is so annoying. So Michael turns around and grabs Lori out of the bathroom, dragging her down the hall. So he doesn't go after the kids whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He doesn't kill Lori. He again, just takes her. He grabs her. And then we see uh, in the next scene, he's carrying her as she's unconscious. So what did she just scream and freak out and like pass out? Or like, I don't I know. Confused. I had a note about that too. Cause they didn't show him doing anything. Right. And I was like, is she dead? Like what? I'm assuming here? she just passed out from freaking out. Okay. I'm guessing. Uh, we see Loomis and Brackett arrive at the Wallaces. He finds Annie on the floor, all cut up. He talks to, um, he takes her to the ambulance. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. The ambulance arrives and Loomis runs out to the ambulance. That's when Loomis runs into Tommy and Lindsay, who tells them that uh, Michael took Lori and then Loomis just takes off running down the house. That scene cracks me the fuck up because it's like he just runs off into the night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. He's he <laughs> like, where to go? He just runs off. <laughs> well, he's running off to, like I said, to the house. So I think he knows what, He's taking yeah. her to the yeah. house. But no, I agree. It's fucking it's hilarious. Because they're just like, yeah, he, he took Lori. And he's like, I got this, kids. I got it. Even his run, he's just like. Me and my trench coat. the night. And he like, doesn't fucking tell anybody. <laughs> no. uh-uh. Like, you think he would be like, hey, kids, go in there and tell them I'm going to the Myers house. That or, annoyed me that like he didn't tell anybody. He's a renegade. Mm, he's fucking the man, dude. 
<laughs> Scene 16. Reunited and it feels so good. good. Uh. Uh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, it's too early. We're clearly off. This scene opens up with Lori looking around, extremely confused as she's like coming conscious. Um Linda's dead on the floor in front of her. She's laying in front of a lit pumpkin and the Judith Myers headstone. Lori crawls over to her, hugs her, begging her to wake up. In the shadows we can see Michael walking. Okay, why is Linda even there? Like what was Linda was there because she was boning Bob in the Myers house, so she was already there. So after he killed her, he picked her up and was carrying her. So he carried her down to the basement, and he put her in front of Judith Myers' headstone that he stole from the cemetery. Yeah, but I just wonder why. Like, he didn't just leave her where she killed, where he killed it's her. It's just like the random thing in the last one where yeah. he, you, you were like, it's weird that he staged that. Mm. Right. But, like, like nothing her, else. Like, she's not... Well, he had the the headstone, right? So I don't know if it was, and I think in this movie they're banging in Judith's room, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know because they're upstairs. Remember, they're Bob in a comes yeah, up the stairs yeah. and they're to the a, right. They're in a bedroom. Maybe I'm so. Then. Pretty sure they are, but yeah, I think just like in the original one, it's paying homage to Judith, I guess. Yeah. Because okay. she is the one doing the boyfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess that makes sense then. Um. Yeah, so uh, and again, we can see Michael walking in the shadows. He walks up to Lori as Lori asks who he is and what he wants. As he approaches, she begs him not to hurt her. Michael drops the knife. He bends down on both knees and pulls a picture out of his pocket. It's the picture that Mrs. Myers gave him earlier in the movie um, of him and Boo, which we know is Lori as a baby. Mm-hmm. She tells him that she doesn't understand. She doesn't know them. Please leave her alone. She's crying, but as she's doing this, she notices where Michael's knife was that he dropped. So she takes the picture from Michael as Michael pulls his mask off um, to reveal his face. So the camera angle is not actually on the front part of him. So I didn't, in my version, you don't actually see his face. No. Okay. So the camera angle is behind him, and what we see is we see Michael kneeling in front of Lori. Um, Lori's holding Linda's head in her lap, uh, but she's kneeling uh, like they're in front of the Judith Myers headstone only lit up by a pumpkin. So I actually, this is probably one of my favorite shots in the movie. Cause I don't like I, in the first movie. Okay. I get that. We see Michael's face, which is cool, but like, I like that we don't actually see it. Only Lori sees it. And she has no fucking clue who he is. Right. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is like a total moment of weakness for Michael where he like reveals who he is. And he's like mm. super vulnerable mm-hmm. right now. And for 15 years, he hasn't talked. He hasn't said anything. Hasn't taken his mask off, but he finally does. And Lori has absolutely no clue who he is. And all she's doing, if you like watch her face in this, is she's just trying to fucking get away from this guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's why I really like this shot. I think it's, and again, we don't need to see Michael's face. I think it's more important in that scene that we see Lori's face. Mm-hmm. Whew, sorry about that. She tells him that she doesn't understand what he wants, but she does want to help him. As she's talking to Michael, she grabs the knife. And stabs Michael in the neck, screaming, you motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. But she, like, stabs him, like, right down in the fucking, like, under the collarbone. Yeah, yeah. right there in the oh, it hurts so bad. Uh, as Michael lays on the ground, Lori seem, uh, screams, and she rips at the walls, trying to get out of the room she's in. Um, she breaks through a wooden piece, and she's able to, like, crawl through us. So I don't know if, I, I don't think he boarded this up. I'm guessing that nobody's lived there, so whoever had the house was yeah. boarding all this shit up. But where did he come in from? That was my question. Like, why didn't she run the way that he came in? Okay, so maybe he did board it up. Because I was like, where the fuck is she going? Like, he came from behind where they were. But Right. Uh, um... Yeah, so as Lori is trying to get through the fence, Michael breaks through one of the walls. This is great. So, again, she's 
pulls this board off the wall. She's able to like, she's very small, right? So yeah. she's able to like get through this, but then she's still stuck behind this like chain link fence, I think. Well, this, you know how some old basements have steps that go outside? Oh, right. Like That's what they are, but someone put like fence in front uh, of okay. it at the bot for whatever reason. So the, when she's doing this, we see Michael actually sit up and put the ma- the mask back on. As mm-hmm. Lori's trying to get through the fence that Seth just talked about, uh, Michael, this is so cool. Michael like breaks through the wall on her left side, mm-hmm. which is freaking crazy. He just like busts through this wall and starts to like grab her. Um, they struggle. Lori, uh, she ends up getting out of the basement and because um, he can't get to her. So Lori does get out of the house. She starts running, but she trips. I don't know what she tripped over. But she like rolls down this hill and lands in a swimming pool, like an empty <laughs> an swimming empty pool. pool. Yeah. Uh, so Michael walks up to her and he's standing on top of the pool as Lori screams for help. Yeah, I was like, "Damn, strippers must have made a lot of money if they have this house that had a pool." Right, and like, do you huge. think this is their house, like ass- the back of it, or like a neighbor? I had assumed it was theirs. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought too. Okay. Because the pool looked nasty and abandoned, like it hadn't been. Oh there. yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, because if it's drained, you yeah. wouldn't drain your pool in the just because it's fall, right? Right. Okay. So, again, I love this scene, but, again, I'm kind of biased. But, anyway, the pool's, like, filled with leaves, like like mm. they just said. It's basically abandoned. But So, Lori's in it, what would, what would essentially be the deep end of the pool yeah. if it had water. Yeah. And Michael's standing at the far end, which would be, like, the shallow end, but where you can walk down into the pool. So, she mm. can't get out of this fucking pool. Right. She, like, tries to climb up the walls, and she just slides right back down. There's, like, nowhere for her to go. Um, she continues to scream for help as Michael begins to enter the pool. Suddenly we hear Loomis yell, stop, Michael. It's me, Samuel. <laughs> what? Yeah, I thought that was kind of odd. He said, Samuel. I think he's trying to show that, hey, man, we're friends. You're my best friend. Besties. Buddy. Buddy. Mm. But I love this part because Michael looks at him. And then says, eh, nah. He just like turns around and continues to go after Lori. <laughs> so Loomis shoots him three times, I think, which yep. finally yep. knocks him off his feet and down on the ground. Another thing I love about this is he's laying on his stomach. Mm-hmm. In all the other movies, he's always on his back. That's true. True. So he's laying on his stomach face down in these dirty ass leaves. Uh, Loomis gets in the pool and walks over to Lori. He picks her up and tells her that she's safe now, not to worry. He helps her walk out of the pool and they walk through the fence um, out to the street out to the street yeah i'd be moving a little faster walking over his body they're like taking their damn time we're like the fuck out of this pool well as loomis gives laurie his coat we see michael laying face down in the pool again on top of the leaves Mm -hmm. at this point we're to assume he's dead right yeah but we know he's not loomis helps laurie into the car he's got a police car somehow he he ran off in the night but now he's got a car it was the car that was a uh, that had the other two cops that got killed. Oh, good call, dude. Because when he ran off, the car was sitting there running. There you go. Yeah. Nailed it, man. Attention mm-hmm. to detail, Seth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he helps her into the passenger side. He walks around the front and he like puts his head up against the car. I'm like, Loomis, get out of here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he ends up eventually getting in the driver's seat and Lori asked the, uh, the famous question, was that was that the or what's would you say what's the boogeyman or was that the boogeyman was that the boogeyman was that the boogeyman i think in the first one she says what's the boogeyman but anyway loomis answers as a matter of fact i do believe it was as he says this Lori's car window breaks out 
and they both scream. I thought it was hilarious that Loomis screamed. Like yeah. Lori's screaming, Loomis is screaming. And this made me think of you, Seth. I actually paused it because I was laughing. Loomis screams, <laughs> Jesus Christ, what the hell? I was like, oh my God, that is 100% what Seth would have said. That would be. <laughs> Michael pulls Lori out of the car and drags her back to the house. Loomis tells him to stop. It's not her fault. It's his fault. He's failed him. Please let her go. Michael actually lets go of Lori and walks up to Loomis, grabbing him by the face and pushing his fingers into his eyes. I hate that whenever I see that. Oh, it's horrible. We see like blood coming out of his mm. nose and his mouth. Uh, Lori runs away and finds a hole in a wall. She squeezes through the through the um, hole in the wall. She's now hiding in between two walls in the house. So during this, we can hear thumps and thuds and the house is creaking. Uh, really like the, the ambiance and the noise that's going on during mm -hmm. this. So we cut to uh, Michael. He's dragging Loomis's body through the house by his arm. Through a hole in the wall, Lori can actually see Michael enter the room. Michael pulls out a knife and looks around the room. So I don't think he knows where she's at. Mm -mm. Um, but he walks up to exactly where she's at behind the wall and stops. But then we can hear his breathing. Um, and he like looks behind him and walks off into another room. He does like a creepy head turn. Yes. I don't know if he heard something or, or what. Um I almost think, and we'll find out in a minute, but I almost think it was Loomis doing something to attract him. But as he's walking, he stops, looks behind him, turns around and walks to, um, or I'm sorry, he walks out of the room completely. Mm -hmm. And that's when he does that stops, turns around turn again. Yeah. Yeah. He walks up to a broken part in the wall, looking at it suspiciously. He beats the wall he in. He starts kicking the fuck out of dude, it. Dude, he's beating the piss out <laughs> so of the wall. So if she had been in there, she would have been dead. Well, I think that's where she was at because mm -hmm. the camera pans out and then she's like around another corner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where she was. Yeah, so he was like beating the piss out of the wall. But then he continues to do it um, and looking for Lori. But um, as Lori n looks over, she notices Loomis is laying on the ground. Uh, yeah. And then the guns on the floor. So mm -hmm. I th I'm wondering if she, he left earlier because Loomis must have maybe made a noise or something. Cause, oh, maybe. Um, as she picks it up, she rubs Loomis's head, and we see that Loomis isn't dead. His eyes are open. Mm -hmm. As we uh, as we notice this, Michael walks by Loomis going after Lori, but Loomis grabs onto his leg trying to stop him. So wouldn't your eyes be all fucked up after that? Like they look totally fine. That's, That's what, what I wondered too. So I was like, did I miss did he not put his hands in his eyeballs? Like I thought maybe I That's what I thought cuz okay. when they showed it he had blood coming yeah. out of his nose yeah. and his mouth. So I don't I don't know. That confused me. Okay, so it wasn't just me. Uh Lori makes it to another part of the house. She climbs up the wall and into the ceiling. And again, I love this scene, but so Michael can hear basically hear her up there, mm -hmm. right? And he grabs this freaking like is it a 2 by 4 I'm guessing? 2 by 4 yeah. 2 by 4 and he's just like <laughs> beating the piss out of the ceiling just yeah. like trying to hit her i don't know if he's trying to hit her but get her out of there <laughs> with this board and every time he hits it would the, the sound was just so loud of a thump and then you can hear her screaming i, I just thought it was really yeah. terrifying scene um so she continues to crawl through the ceiling as michael's slamming this board into the into the ceiling all around her eventually she falls through the ceiling into another part of the house which is another room on the other mm -hmm. side of where michael's at and again she's screaming the whole time and just like boom crushes <laughs> hits the floor oh so, she is fucked up now yeah well, i have a note let's discuss what she looks like at this point so i mean bad terrible <laughs> dude she's bloody she's beat up her hair is a fucking mess she's got <laughs> dirt all over and you know that house had asbestos in it maybe 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 not <laughs> you know it did she's breathing all that she don't have a mask <laughs> you know what she should get that house was pre-asbestos she should get a horror movie crew mask she should yeah 
They're for sale right now on T Public. Go to our Instagram account, click on the link, and get you a mask. And I'm sure in hindsight, she wishes she had one. I bet she does. Sure. And it kind of looked like she was only looking out of one eye. She was like, Well, her face was all, all fucked, fucked up. up. She's like me when I'm drunk <laughs> trying to find another Miller Light in the fridge. I'm like, I know there's one in here somewhere. Like looking around, look like fucking Captain Hook. Uh, she, so she makes it to her feet. She stands up. She's breathing heavily. She's unable to see. Uh, as she does this, we notice that, or she notices too, that Michael's in the doorway watching her. So she points Loomis's gun at him. Uh, he drops the board that he was using to ram through the ceiling. When he drops the board, he actually runs for the first time. He <laughs> charges runs. At her. Yeah, he charges yeah. her. They both go through the door out onto the balcony, falling to the ground as the screen goes black. Holy snap. Do you guys like the run scene? I loved it. Yeah. Obviously, I loved it. I wasn't it. expecting that. I was like, holy shit, this is great. So it's not, you know, Loomis shooting him off the balcony and him falling. Right. He like rams through this at her so she doesn't shoot him. Okay, scene 17, the final scene. The camera opens to Lori, uh, again, becoming conscious. She's laying on top of Michael. Her face is bloody, arms are ripped up, and she's reaching for the gun. As she grabs it, she starts to sit up, and we hear sirens in the distance. She points the gun at Michael's head and pulls the trigger, but the gun won't fire. We see Michael's eyes are closed at this point. She fucking spits in his face. Did you notice that? Yeah, spit blood. Spits in his Mm. face and continues to pull the trigger two more times. Michael wakes up and grabs Lori's hands as she pulls the trigger for the last time, shooting Michael in the head. Lori drops the gun and begins to scream (laughs) as the sirens get louder and the Halloween theme music plays. The movie is ended by showing a clips of the home family movies that Deborah Myers was watching earlier in the movie, all while the Halloween theme plays in the background. You don't like the ending screen? The, the it was too much. She like mm, snaps. Yeah. She clearly snapped. She's just like, holy shit. Probably just shooting him. And well, there was blood spatter on her face, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. What do you guys think of that movie? It was good. It's a good one. I can't believe you've never seen it, Seth. No, I really haven't. I don't know why I've never seen it, but. Especially hanging out with me as much as you do. We always skipped over that one. <sighs> I know. It's just its own thing, man. Maybe watch that Paul Rudd one. Not a good movie. Not a good movie. Paul. Hmm. You guys ready to rate this thing or what? Sure am. Have you been thinking about it all week, what you're going to rate it? No, I've been thinking about it for a minute. One whole minute. I've pretty much known my rating. Girl, you know. I've pretty much known my rating. I've like known it totally. 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 All right, for all of you fucking rookie newbie fucks out there that have never listened to the goddamn horror movie crew, we rate all these movies out of stabbies. It can get a zero stabby if you fucking suggest a platform shit, or it could get five. Has anybody given out fives? Yup. You've done two, haven't you, Jess? Yes. I have not done a five yet. Uh, no, I haven't either. I'm the only one that's had the balls to give a five. Girl, twice. out of all of us, you got the biggest balls. I know. I know, I've seen them. Ain't got to tell me. Boom, boom, diggity, boom, boom, I big balls. I don't know balls. if I'll ever give anything a five. I don't mm. know. I, my theory is if it gets a five, it's like, it's the, a five's got to be the best movie ever, right? Jess and I have different mm. grading mm. scales. Mm. There could mm. be more mm. than one five, though. It could be. I agree. I never thought that until recently, and then I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm just being a, a, a dick. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Holy yeah. cow. All well, we right. know where the consensus is there. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> All 
All right. Well, shit. Hey, just so everybody is aware, uh, our top three movies, these are average stabbies ratings by us, the Horror Movie Crew. We got The Ring with a 4.7, The Conjuring with a 4.7. They're tied for first. Scream is in third place with a 4.63, followed by Texas Chainsaw with a 4.53 average stabbies rating. Seth. Halloween 2007 My Man Rob Zombie's movie What do you give this movie? 4.4 Another 4.4 I don't like it better than the original (laughs) What? Mm -hmm. Okay So But it's on par with Halloween 2 For Mm. me Mm. So yeah I think it slots in there nicely I just like the fact that you worked the word slots in there Yeah I like that word That's a fun word Slots Jess, Halloween, 2007, Rob Zombie's Halloween. What do you give this movie? Where should get a slotted in, folks? Where's your slot? I gave it a 4.6. Four point. I thought it was going to be another five the way you were looking at us. It's <sighs> trying to throw you off. You were going full five. What did you give the first one? Ooh, a 3.8. Uh, uh, yeah. I gave the second one higher than the first. Oh, that's right. What did you give the second one? I act like I don't have the sheet right in front of me. And now Josh will take five (laughs) minutes to do his rating. Uh, Okay. So here's the deal. I think everybody can probably um, infer from that conversation that I really like this movie. Oh, you do? I have this Michael Myers mask tattooed on my arm. So like, I would think that like I'm a pretty big fan of this movie, right? Yeah. We'll see. We're about to find out, kids. (laughs) I'm a humongous fan of this movie. Just so everybody knows, it might be. I mean, you guys know I'm a big Scream fan, but this movie for me might be higher than Scream. Oh shit! I know. I think I'm gonna go unprecedented with this rating. I'm gonna give this movie a four point. Mm. <laughs> 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 I'm going five out of five stabbies. Oh my god! Wow. I'm going five. I I don't know how this movie could have been any better. Uh, could have had less screaming in it. I think the screaming was all... Uh, what I find hilarious and what I was going to go 4.99 and what made me go with a 5 is that when Seth would bring shit like that up during this movie, I was like defending it as we were... True. Because you're like, well, this didn't make sense. I'm like, well, here, let me tell you You why. were very defensive, yeah. yeah. So I think I have to go a 5. <laughs> he was defensive. I got to go with a 5. <laughs> Holy cow, that's like... This will be the top Halloween movie for sure. Yeah. This this might do it, Most kids. Deaf. I don't know if it's gonna be my all the other scores, do but it for fun, for fun. All right, I'm sorry, I'm done with that. Hey, you guys ready to jump into getting lit and talking shit? What's the average? I tell you that during getting lit and talking <laughs> shit, Seth. <sighs> for Christ's <laughs> sakes, calm down, dude. Just because you're hungover and thirsty. Let's do. Let's talk some shit. Yeah. I don't want to anymore. Seth, are you drinking a Diet Coke? Mm-hmm. Just for the thrill of it. <laughs> <laughs> is the that pure like a, appeal of it. Is that a slogan? <laughs> Just for the taste of oh, it. Oh, shoot. Diet Coke. Mm. All right, kids. Rotten Tomatoes critics, 118 of them, gave this movie a 27%. Can you wow. believe that? 27. That's just stupid. Fuck them. That's Fuck those low. fucking people. Rotten Tomatoes audience gave it a 59% out of 361 thousand users fuck them <laughs> little bitches 
IMDB has this at a 6.1 out of 10, which is 61%. 107 users. 107,000 users, I'm sorry. Damn. You want to You want to say anything to them people? Sort of fuck them. At least it's over 50%. Man, fuck them bitches. Horror movie crew, <laughs> we gave this movie an average. What do you guys think it was? Probably like 4.6 or 7. Yeah, it's got to right? be around that. At least. I think so. It's pretty close. 4.7 average stabbies. It's tied with yeah. The Conjuring and The Ring. I definitely would not put this above The Conjuring in my book. Oh, I would. I, I would. So it's 94. That's roughly 94%. So we are way above all these other people. But what? obviously they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And clearly. <laughs> obviously. Like, don't like Hating ass bitches. What their problem is, is they weren't innovative enough to understand that, hey, Rob Zombie made a better fucking movie. Sorry. Sorry about it. Sorry about it, about it. We about to get about it, about it. Figures. Budget, $15 million. Box office, 80.4. This movie made a lot of money. Yes, it ducats. did. You it go, made ducats. You go, Rob Zombie. You fucking go. Jess. Yes. What was your favorite scene from this movie? I liked when he pulled the mask out of the floorboards and put it on like for the first time after a long ass time. Ooh, that's a good scene. I liked it. I like that scene a lot too. Seth? Well, this is maybe more of a series of scenes. I like, the, I like the whole beginning part where they explain like where Michael does a lot more as a kid. The psychology behind Michael? Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts of it as well. But probably the trick-or-treat night scene where he goes back in the house and mm. yeah. That's it? Yeah. He's That's the re- one. He's ready to destroy. Yeah, because on the old one, all you see is him just stab her, and then yeah. that's it. Like, okay. I agree. I'm going to agree with all of you, because I respect your guys' opinions. Yeah. My <laughs> favorite scene from the movie. There's a bunch of them. I don't know if I can pick this one. Which one do you guys think I salivated over the most during the... That's hard telling. <laughs> You were erect the entire time. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I don't know. I would think it has to do something with the, the mask. Mm. I don't know. I, I love the that, mask. But. The mask is one of the reasons I fell in love with the movie. I really like, the again, like Seth said, the psychological aspects. So I mm. really like when he kills Ronnie and the bully. Um, you know, maybe it's because I was like a nerd and got bullied in middle school. So I'm like, man, I should have been me. I should have done this what, stuff. Killing people? <laughs> I should have murdered yeah, someone in blood. The, beating someone in the woods with a stick. I think I picked a better route here, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, shoot. It's probably a combination of both. I really like the scene where he pulls her out of the car um, toward the end. And her and Loomis are both screaming. I really like that scene. But I know there's a lot of scenes I really like, so I don't know. I also really like when he's slamming the board through the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get it's her scary. out. Scary. Mm-hmm. But I, again, I also like when she crawls through the wall and is hiding in between the walls instead of in the closet. Yeah. 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 So, just my take. Jess, what was your favorite kill in the movie? Ronnie. Fuck my, Ronnie. Mine too. <laughs> your yours was also Ronnie. Yeah. I think just because I was so glad to see such a miserable piece of shit get mm. it. And that's probably mm. the most visible kill. Yeah. Mm, where you actually yeah. see it. Yeah, that or the baseball bat, I guess. The first crack with the baseball yeah. bat on right. Steve. Oh, that might, that's probably my second. Just yeah. that sound it made. Yeah. Ugh. 
Those my- were probably the more gruesome kills. Oh yeah. From the oh movie. for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, I mean, I think you can even tell, like, because they're like ones that he's like, like exerting the most emotion yeah. doing because yeah. he, he didn't like Ronnie. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the Steve thing, but the bully in the woods with the stick. That's a branch yeah. or whatever the fuck set. Yeah. Basically a log is what he was yeah. hitting this guy with. But, uh, but we didn't I really would, see it though that much. Right. Not like you saw Ronnie. You saw, right. you saw the whole thing. Right. Like, yeah. Um, I think mine is probably going to be the kid in the woods at the beginning. Um, again, maybe it's just my inner nerd. Enter fantasy thinking, from bully, bully <laughs> middle <down>. school. Enter fantasy. But I like that. I also like the Judith kill better. Um, than in the first one, but I don't want to sit here and compare and contrast no. that during this section. But yeah, I, I'd probably go with either Ronnie or the kid at the beginning. Ronald. Seth, what's one thing you did not like about this movie? We already know it was all the screaming. Like, what about it though? It just it gets on my nerves. Like, okay, especially when like he takes her out of the bathrooms and the kids are like, <laughs> like, oh my god, shut up. I mean, what do you <laughs> want her to do in that scene? I don't know. And then her scream at the end was annoying. Okay. Her screaming in the pool, it was like, oh, my God. Mm. <laughs> I just feel like that would be the natural reaction to that situation. I guess. It just gets on my nerves. Okay, that's fair. Jess? I was sad that the Strodes had to die like that. Mm. Yeah, I didn't like it that either. Sad. Yeah, and that is sad. probably the rapey scene. <laughs> oh, that, you know what? Yeah. That's mine is the rape scene. We could have done without. I agree. And if I guess if he was going to do it, it could have been a little less... Or we just didn't really Shown. see it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you just—it was implied, maybe. Yeah. Well, I don't think it added anything to the storyline of the movie. No. no. Like, and again, not that I'm justifying it, but like in the hills have eyes when they have the rape scenes, it's because the people are trying to create more right. children. Whereas right. this, there's like not any. Mm-mm. They were just fucking with him. Right. Or like on uh, last—is it last house? Last house on the left, where they rape the girl, but the entire, the first. 20 minutes of the movie the rest the other hour and a half of the movie is that's like a rape revenge movie where right. she's like doing things because that happened this doesn't add anything to the story in my right. opinion unless they're just trying to make it realize how make us realize how douchebaggy those guys were so well that and maybe even that shit like that probably did happen or maybe still does happen sure in those does. types of places mm-hmm. So I don't, again I, it gets for us to sit here and say yeah that's not a realistic scene maybe it is I don't fucking know Maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. Unless they did it to try to convince us that Michael was not 100% bad. I don't know. Yeah, he didn't kill the girl that yeah. we know of. Well, I think also it was in that scene, I, at least when I was watching it, it was like, okay, uh, Michael's going to save this girl. But he, I mean, yeah, he kills he those guys, but he really didn't. She still got raped by both of them. Right. Right. He didn't really stop anything. He didn't do anything until they grabbed his mask. Yeah. So I don't know. So, so that's up, up in the air. That is one thing I would agree I would change about the movie. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how it compares to the first one. I know we're getting long. Actually, we're only at two hours. We're not doing too bad. Um, so again, I have said this already. I love the psycholo- psychological aspect that Rob Zombie brings to the movie versus in the other um, renditions of the movie or versions of the movie where we're just supposed to not know what drives this guy, especially in the first one when you don't even know that their siblings right um and then later they try to bring in this whole um cult thing Mm -hmm. 
um, which I don't really wasn't super into. But I don't. For you guys, did you like the psychological aspect where it kind of dives into what makes him tick, where he came from, the background of who he was, and why yeah. he became what he was? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I agree. I think it really adds a different perspective. Um, which again is sort of the reason he gets so much shit for this movie. But why do you? Why, in your opinion, why do you think that that would bother people? Maybe they're like, oh, just get on with it. I, mm-hmm. I'd rather just see him walking around killing people than there be a backstory to it, I guess. Right. If yeah. you're not as into that type of thing. They but. just want to see a slasher film, not a psychological yeah. thriller slash slasher film. But That's I like true. it because it makes you look at the, everything differently. Oh, 100%. Well, and it like shows you that Michael is or was a person. Right. At some point. Exactly. And not just, you know a demon or whatever right. you're supposed to think yeah. of. Well, I think, in, especially in 2020, this came out in 2007, which even then, I think that's kind of when the conversation started around. Around 2010, is the mental health issue that is more talked yeah. about now than ever before, right? Yeah. Um, it's probably something that people didn't talk about or just didn't even mm-hmm. make light of, whereas now it's a normal conversation that people, I mean, there's probably 200 podcasts out there just about that in itself so I think that's something that is different versus the other movies but also it's something extremely relatable so I also wonder maybe people don't want to be able to relate to these serial killers that's true well, I think like 40 50 years ago or like if someone had a mental problem you just it was embarrassing so you didn't yeah. talk right. about it you didn't you know mm-hmm. yeah no 100% agree yeah. um, but I, I love the psychological aspect of it and I almost when I think I said this on the Terrifier episode, episode with the podcast on Elm Street I also think people have issue with this movie because it's called Halloween or Rob Zombie's Halloween yeah. Yeah. but I almost wonder if he had named it something different or if he had just called it I don't know Michael Myers or something to that effect to where it wasn't a direct correlation to the original if it would have been perceived better but like to me it almost felt like two different movies in one oh 100% yeah. like they totally could have done a standalone of just mm-hmm. him as a kid well I know there's been some theories I don't know if Rob Zombie's ever said this but like the I think he kind of had handcuffs on what he was able to do with this this mm-hmm. movie because mm-hmm. Halloween I, you've never seen Halloween 2 Rob Zombie's Halloween no, 2 right uh-huh. it's like off the fucking rails yeah was that in the hospital too um sort of not not really but there's no. a hospital scene um I actually like the second one just as much as the first one. And I think it's more Rob Zombie than this one is. But It's definitely know. more hardcore. For sure. More gory. For sure. Um, It's just brutal. Yeah. yeah. It's brutal. And Lori, like, again, it just plays in. We're going to talk about this next week, so it's, I don't want to spend much time on it. But yeah. it's like it plays into what happens to Lori after this and the mental things that happen with you once you've been through a trauma like that. But anyway, um, so Michael's clearly more brutal, stronger, aggressive. He's just fucking humongous. He's almost, so this is a bad comparison, but the only thing I can compare it to is he almost reminds me of like a Jason Voorhees size yeah, yeah. in yeah. this. Whereas in the other Halloween movies, he's just like a normal guy. He's yeah. like normal height. He's right. like huge. Uh, he's actually smaller in Halloween 2 than he is in the original Halloween because hmm. Dick Warlock was smaller. But this is, again, the biggest person to ever play. Tyler Mayne is an ex-wrestler, so he's a, yeah. he's a big fucking guy. I like that aspect of it. I want my Michael Myers to be huge and, and Makes scary. him scarier. Yeah. Exactly. For sure. For sure. I don't want, like, 
my Michael to be like somebody that's like the same size as my dad. Right. Like, I'm, like, I'm not scared of this <laughs> fucking guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially since we're supposed to believe he's some sort of, I don't know. Evil. Evil entity. entity yeah. Right. He should be a little bit different. 100%, which I'm glad you said that because I think in the other movies, they rely on him being this evil force. Yeah. Whereas in this movie, he's just a dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he gets shot a few times. Mm-hmm. He gets shot in the head, but... Um, He's just fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's why they had that that big Joe Grizzly scene is to show like this this guy's fucking big and strong yeah. and yeah. Um, so Jess, which Loomis do you prefer, this Loomis or the original Loomis? I prefer this Loomis, but because I'm biased and I love Malcolm McDowell and The Clockwork Orange and pretty right. much everything he's done. Okay. <laughs> what about you? I don't know because once we got to the second part of the movie, I felt like they were the same. Okay. So I'm going to say the new one only because we saw more of him before. Right. I think in the other movies, they he talks more because they didn't show any of it, but he talks about, oh, I was Michael's doctor and yeah. we did mm-hmm. this and he stopped talking. But I think when we actually see it, I think this version helps us even more. Yeah, we understand Michael a lot better. We also understand Loomis a lot better. Yeah. 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 So I think that, but I, I prefer this Loomis over the other one. Now, Loomis and Halloween 2 is off the fucking rails, <laughs> dude. But uh, in this movie, I prefer um, Rob Zombie's Loomis to John Carpenter's Loomis. What about Lori, Seth? I mean, I'm just going to have to say the new one because she's like, you don't really get to know her as a character in the old one. Yeah. Which, and then in Halloween 2, she doesn't even talk, really. Right. At all. She's there so, to collect her paycheck. Yeah. The new one's more relatable, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like the old Lori better. Yeah? Just for nostalgia reasons, oh, I Oh, yeah, feel for like. nostalgia, for sure. She does have more of a personality in this one, but I don't know. I still kind of like the old, naive yeah. Lori. Yeah. Okay. The keys, Lori. Not as much in the second one. Is it because we don't have the keys scene in this? I think that's it. For me, yeah, that was kind of All right, hang sad. on. Jess, close your eyes. Seth, do the keys thing. But you, Jess, envision that it is Scout Taylor Compton doing it. The keys. That would have done it. Yeah, that see? was it. <laughs> damn it. They just put that damn scene in. <laughs> Fucking Rob Zombie, man. Yeah. Um, I agree. I have to go with, with the new one. Again, I'm biased. I love this movie. But I would go with the new Lori. I think she's got a personality. I can relate to her more. She's funny. Um, if we're comparing it to Laurie Strode in the last movie she did, then I would pick her. Halloween 2018? Yeah. Okay. You prefer Jamie Lee, the older Jamie mm-hmm. Lee? Yeah. Okay. An aged Jamie Lee. An aged <laughs> Jamie <Ooh>. Lee. <laughs> yeah, I really like Jamie Lee Curtis in the new, the 2018. I also mm-hmm. like her in H2O. Yeah. I yeah. don't like her at all in Halloween and Halloween 2. But uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in H2O and in Halloween 2018, I like a lot. But also, we have to consider she never acted before. Yeah. True. She's more seasoned and, like, knows her style better. And I also feel like Rob Zombie is, I don't want to say he's a, I'm not even going to go, we'll have 7,000 people on the internet yelling at us. But I think that he probably gave more direction to his Lori versus what Carpenter did with his. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um... I talked about this, so we'll just hit on it briefly. The the scene, so that closet scene in the first Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis is like the scene everybody remembers from that movie, right? Mm-hmm. He breaks through the closet, she stabs him in the face with a yeah. um, curtain hanger. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that in this. They opted for where she's in between the walls and then the ceiling with the, the two by four. Mm-hmm. 
which do you guys prefer? Which do you like better? Closet. I also like the closet scene. Oh my man. One, it's classic, and two, okay. I think because it's like a safe space for most people. It's like mm. a nice closet in the house, mm. and the shit's happening in there. That's versus true. Versus you're in some creepy ass house and yeah. a wall. You're like, okay, well. Scary yeah. shit should happen. And here. it's like the vented doors. Something yeah. about the vented doors. I yeah. just like that better because she can yeah. kind of see what he's doing and she's like, oh my God, is he looking at me or just <laughs> yeah. is he just like staring <laughs> at the closet for a second? Yeah. Okay. That's such a classic scene. I think you guys may have just changed my mind on it. But the other thing I like about the closet scene is that she goes and opens the balcony doors and then mm. gets in the closet to yeah. kind of like say, hey, I'm not in here. Yeah. Whereas this version of Lori is just running for her life. Like she's yeah. just that was scary and the whole thing in the ceiling was awesome. Right. But yeah. I think from a production standpoint, I like Rob Zombies, but no, I think you guys may have changed my mind. I think I might now have more respect for the closet scene. Just based on you guys. See, look look how much you guys are influencing me. Aww. <laughs> Last but not least, the ending of the movie, Jess. Which which ending do you like better? Do you like Loomis shooting Michael off the balcony or do you like uh, the, the run scene where they fall and then Lori shoots him in the head? I love the run scene. I mm. like that he just fucking tackles her and yeah. I like she spits in his face. <laughs> the spit. It's like, again, Lori has so much character mm. in this movie. Oh. She's basically the female version of me. <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> shit um yeah so you you're going run scene Lori shoots michael at the end yep. screen goes black seth i think i'm gonna go with the old one with mm. loomis seth you're such a classic i just i don't know how come what do you got for me come on well see in the newer one doesn't i don't know it doesn't seem as realistic like how does she end up on top of him yeah, I feel like they both would have been injured more for yeah. sure. Or, well, he obviously was, like, unresponsive for, for the, right. the time, but she probably would have been a little more fucked up. She was already pretty she fucked up. She was pretty up. fucked up. Yes, but, again, me knowing this already, if you watch the beginning of Halloween 2, you see how, like, she's, like, her arms broken, like, bones yeah. Yeah. coming out of her arms. So she has a lot more. I agree with you that in that scene, in this mm. first one, she does not look screwed up. But if, right. if you, like, just watch the first five minutes of Halloween 2, she's, like... Yeah. Like, doesn't she have, like, teeth coming through her lips? I think so, yeah. yeah. It's something like that. She's, like, real mm. fucked up. Um, okay. I, I got to go with it. I'm sorry. I got to go with the new one. I love the run. I love that that's the only time he runs. And, again, I'm going back to – I talked about this briefly earlier. I don't think he's trying to kill her at any point in this movie. Yes, he's ramming the two-by-four through the thing, and he kicks through the wall and would clearly kill somebody if he did that. Mm. But I feel like he's, like, trying to reunite with her or even protect her. I don't feel like he's trying to hurt her. So I feel like when she points, he drops the two by four. And when she runs at him, I feel, or when she points the gun at him, I feel like he runs at her to stop her from shooting him, but uh, also not kill her. Mm. And I also feel like she's on top of him at the bottom of it is because he probably turned and let her land on him. Well, maybe. Again, so, I hear, I'm sitting here defending this fucking movie, but like that's that's the vibe I got from it or the, what I've always thought. Somebody's got to get this guy a whiteboard so he can write out his feelings <laughs> and or like <laughs> tell her I'm not trying to hurt you. Yeah, like God, why couldn't he write it on a piece of paper and like hold it up? <laughs> well, he can talk. <laughs> like why? <laughs> just talk to her. Maybe that's he can. That's what I mean. Maybe he is like so fucked up. He's just yeah, can't. if you haven't talked for 15 years, maybe I don't know. And the first one he can drive a car. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I'm going. I'm going with the new one again. I'm fucking biased as shit, but um, 
Yeah, so I don't know. That's it. Wow, a five for me. I'm probably going to look at this later and be like, oh, should I have given away my first five? But You popped your five, Cherry. Ooh. <laughs> and Seth popped. You popped your first time watching it? Yeah, two cherries popped. So what would you, you pop, Jess? <laughs> yeah, what'd you pop? Tell us. <laughs> some corn? A can of Pringles. Ooh, Ooh I like Pringles. I haven't eaten all day. I could go for some Pringles. Honestly, some Mexican food sounds fucking delicious. Sorry, what were you going to ask me? I interrupted. Oh, um, during your first watch. So when you watch, after you were done watching, uh, no, let's not do that. When you were first watching it, what did you think when you were thinking about this movie and then comparing it to the old while you were watching it? It was not what I was expecting because I didn't know there was that whole old, mm. like everything yeah. in the first half of the movie. Okay. So at the end of it, what were you thinking? The, take the screaming shit you hated out of it. Don't talk about that. Like what, because comparing overall the movie to the old one, what? What were your thoughts after it ended? I mean, I really liked it. Okay. That's why I rated it just about at the old mm-hmm. one. Okay. Yeah. Why? I'm just curious. I I don't have... I have to live, live vicariously through you because oh. I don't... No, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was a little more violent than the first one, but yes. most newer movies are. Yeah. That's true. Did it have... Did it jumps? Were there any jump scares? Because I didn't even call you out on any there jump scares. There was a couple. I forget which ones, but mm. just him like jumping out. I think when he got Paul. Yes. Was one. I forget what the other ones were. Bob. Yeah. He got Bob too Bob. with a jump scare. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I kind of wish that Rob Zombie would make like appear- an appearance in all of his movies. Um, like, he he did a... Uh, somebody asked him that because he is in one... He's in... Um, he did a short film for uh, one of the Grindhouse things. Mm. And I think he makes an appearance in that. But I forget why he said he doesn't. He actually, I bet if you Google it, you can find it. But I think he actually answered why he does not make cameos in his movies. But I agree. I wish he would. Like totally dressed up as somebody else. Like yeah. you wouldn't like guess it was him or something like that. I what I thought was cool about him, he said in his writing, he generally knows who's going to play a character as he's writing it. Oh, like who he wants to cast. Because mm-hmm. cool. if you notice in his movies, he casts a lot of the same people. Yeah. But he um, did say that he generally knows who he wants or an idea of who he wants to do it before uh, as he's writing it, yeah. which I thought was cool. That was cool. I guess Emma Stone tried out for the role of Lori and he went with Taylor. I don't know if I can see her. I, yeah, I can't. I, can't I, uh-uh. I couldn't see her. But she does have like that innocent... Mm-hmm. See, I don't know. I think she would have done. I like. I really like Scout Taylor Compton mm-hmm. in this role. So I, I don't know, but um, she hasn't really done much after this movie. Mm-mm. She has a horror movie on Netflix. I forget what it's called. I think you and I talked about it. It's where her yeah. and her boyfriend go overseas. I think. Mm-hmm. I forget what it's called though. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it's called. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was good. And at first, when we went to the newer part, I'm like, is this gonna be a straight fucking remake? Mm. Because with her and Tommy in the street. And right. But then it wasn't, so. Yeah. Well, I think he did a good job of incorporating that stuff and paying homage and doing callbacks to it. But also, again, the characters were completely different. Yeah, and they were a little... Twi- I mean, the scenes, the scenes were different. You know, yeah. Different houses and this and that and the other. Yeah. No. Well, again, I'm biased. I'd love to see Rob Zombie make all the classic horror movies and uh, yes. do it. But um, I one thing before we leave I didn't do any fun facts for this movie so I don't have like a list of shit to go through but the only thing I can remember from the interview with this is that he said that he thought that most of the slasher horror serial killer type people in movies had been are kind of boring now they didn't really transition into modern movies and that's why he wanted to go back and do Halloween mm-hmm. 
and do uh, Michael Myers and add that psychological aspect to it. So he, he thought it would be more scary. And I think I'm biased, but I tend to agree with him. Yeah. So is there anything else you guys want to talk about, about uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween from 2007? I don't think so. I think we pretty well covered it. 4.7 average stab. It's tied. It's tied for first place. Yeah. The Ring, The Conjuring, and Rob Zombie's Halloween. Next episode, HMC is at 20? Yes. Holy shit. Rob Zombie's Halloween, too. 20. That'll come out right before Halloween. Cool. Holy shit. Totally. Totally. Winsing. <laughs> all right. Well, in that case, we're out of here. Bye. Bye, all. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. She did say Lindsay once, but it wasn't quite that at all.